I'm only dropping one player. I'm dropping. I'm dropping Bork. I'm, I'm going to keep Watson, Mandrew. What a strike that is to notice the guard side was off his line and Graham Burke. From downtown. It's a fast old world. Lots of people in it. Now it's my damn turn. It won't take a minute. If I had a penny for every time you decide, I still wouldn't have. Second chance I never would have thought to find you the Tales in the East End episode 151 and it's me Gary P and of course the Prof Carl Riley Tifty's 151 uh, well, doesn't have yeah, quite the same ring to it not the it? same not the same ring no 151 and we are going strong again with our fantastic sponsors Electrical Procurement Officers Ocean Electrical are still our fantastic sponsors for life and they are looking after us in every single way possible and uh, you can google them and get whatever electrical needs you need and of course we've lent their credit our uh Payday loan sharks. No, we can't, <laughs> we can't really say that. No, that's the credit. And uh, check out their website. They actually do these deals where, let's say, you need like I don't know. I don't know if you'd ever need CCTV, but if you wanted CCTV, you can pay for it by the week. So they'll install the cameras, and then you have a payment plan, and then you can uh, do what Prof does. Prof got them installed in the lair, and now he can watch his. Uh, his prisoners being fed. Can we just stop this before it gets out of hand? <laughs> the guards raiding the house. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah. our sponsors. Um, a big thank you goes out to all them. So check them out. Google them. Lens their credit and Ocean Electrical. Yeah, so we're a day late this week. Hopefully not a dollar short. Yeah, hopefully it's not. But uh, it's still you're still going to be able to um, digest it and get some nourishment from it because it's a Saturday kickoff. So Friday um, feeling. Friday feeling. So we're going to talk about our two away games against Sligo and Derry with the Borky Worldy, the Rocket. The Parliament Street Pele, and uh, there's some more Tifties highlights and an interview with Jason Caldwell and a former Hoops midfielder in the late 90s. So uh, a bit of a, a popular figure and in the early 90s as well. And his dad was the late Joe Caldwell, so the Rovers chairman. He'd run for days apparently, this fella. <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks to everyone who sent in their congratulations and who said they enjoyed the podcast. So it was a big, uh, it was a big one, probably, <clears throat> wasn't it? 150. Yeah, we got loads. Um Feedback to that one. Uh, Con Murphy's cup final memory was described as hair on the neck stuff. Hair on the neck. Uh, you got some stick for your Guadalupe care. Guadalupe. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I, I, I'll put the hands up. I'll put the hands up. And just on that note, on the on the Afcon question I put out there, uh, Leighton Doyle pointed out that Joey and Doe actually won the African Cup of Nations in 2000. But his last cap was in 2002 and he only came to Ireland in 2003. So. Leighton, the question was, has anyone been on the books of a League of Ireland club and played at an AFCON? So, the answer is no there. Get in the bin, Leighton. Get, come on, listen to the question. Um, did Who did he join from? There's a question. Uh, so, he signed, who was the first team he signed for over here? He was like, 
he was in Switzerland for a while, and then he was like, I don't know, Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah, floating about. Yeah. As you do, you know. So, the Pride of Rings end. And we have a few comments for the Tiffies on 150. So, uh, this is the Supporters Club. Not sure who runs this account. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's a couple of culprits, but congrats to Gary and Carol on their 150 episode of Tiffies. The lads have had a fair few POR members featuring throughout the 150 and have been a big part of uniting all corners of the club over the last few years. So here's to another 150, and certainly is. Can't wait for the rest, Prof. Yeah. Uh, I Darren, asked, I asked him, um, had, had Ed Sal recovered from being shown under the bus by Kieran Stafford <laughs> over Dan Devine? Um, You're never going to live that down, or the. <laughs> the uh, this other incident we won't mention. Do you know what really made me laugh as well? Um, I was talking to Joe's I think it was at one of the games maybe at the start of this year or at the end of last year but he brought up your time on the PA which we replayed last week yeah. you with your Joel Custron it's actually good crack it is good crack yeah. the PA recommended to anybody but you, I wouldn't do it every week so that that game was uh, I think it was April 2018 and Joe's told me that he was sitting beside his dad for that one and and you announced that name, yeah, so you just hear on, over the PA, Joel Custom, and Joe said his dad turned to him and said, "Who?" And Joe just went, "Joel Custrain, that." <laughs> Who's that? Gob- How that gobshite get on the PA? Uh, uh, we Darren replying, are we all ignoring that it's only Carl's 150th episode, not Gary's? Get out of the club. The next, <laughs> next, please, Martin Finn. You'll never live down those four <laughs> no, episodes. No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm not allowed to go on holiday now all of a sudden. <laughs> I have to stay here. The guy, we're going away with the kids two weeks in Spain. In Spain. No can't. I have to sit at home and do the podcast with Carl. Yeah, happy 147 today, guys. Happy 147. <laughs> Martin Finn. Uh, hey, Gary and Carl. Congrats on the 150 episodes. Keep up the good work as it keeps us fans going throughout this COVID crap. They are top quality. And uh, we'll say top quality now. I'd say we're just about floating above average. Just floating above average. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, so Niall Foley, and he says, Congrats on reaching 150 episodes. Tales from the Isan is a boon to the overseas Rovers fans like me. A boon to newbie podcasters <laughs> like me on what authentic sounds like. <laughs> Listen from episode one, and the pod always jumps on top of my playlist as soon as the episode lands. Brilliant stuff. Keep up the good work. I want them to say boon again. Well, I've never used boon in a sentence, but I, I like that message. I'm so going to add it to the vocabulary now. So thanks for that, Niall. Re- re- feeling the love here. Uh, Niall by the way his, uh, his wife is from Bergen so when we played Brand that time he knew all about them so that was, that was a cool little no link no way what yeah. are the odds of that I know and yeah, Niall does a, a running book club podcast oh I know what you're talking about now yeah and uh, so we're going to get him on to talk about that I think at some stage we'll have to the yeah. running book club that must be tough <laughs> <laughs> we've enough people in our Tifties WhatsApp group anyway that'll uh, appreciate that they're bleeding screenshots of their times oh uh, god yeah uh, yeah, so we have Lee McCormick. I owe you a few more points next time in Europe. Congrats. Les McCormick. Oh, Les McCormick, yeah. I owe you a few more points next time in Europe. Congrats on re- reaching 150 episodes. Dog loves it, as he knows he'll be out for at least an hour. <laughs> I love yeah. Even the dogs love Tifties. Remember Les buying his points? Oh, yeah. That yeah. was great. It was, um, where was that? Uh, was it the fourth or the second night? Fourth night uh, was a fairly young contingent, wasn't it? I think it was the first night. It was the first time we went there and it was daytime because it, yeah. it, was, we it was a fairly young crowd that night and then everybody else joined in. It was brilliant. Yeah. Did you hear um, Dan and Johnny a couple of weeks ago? They went slightly over uh, to the two-hour mark and they were kind of amazed and appalled that they did. 
Whereas, like, that's the norm for us. Yeah, I don't see it. It's, it's, you're going to yeah. listen, you're going to listen, aren't you? I'd, I'd never yeah. ever bulk at the bulk. I'd never uh, have a look at that and think, that's two hours, I won't listen to it. It's Any other podcast, you get me? I'd love for us to somehow go to strictly 90 minutes, but I just don't know how to do it. No, it's not going to happen. There's no point. Why would you restrict it? And is there a reason yeah. they restrict it? Is it their own personal preference or is it the platform that they're hosting from or is it the powers that be are telling them you have a time limit? That's what we wonder sometimes. I don't know, you hear when they wrap up sometimes like Dan has just had enough. It's like, end it, end it, end yeah, it, Johnny. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. The, maybe yeah. they're charged overtime yeah. after a certain amount by engineers or whatever. They reached 150 before us with very little fanfare. So, I mean, come on, lads. Yeah, make that's a big yeah. deal out of it. What I mean? Uh, we replaced somebody else's skits last week as well. Did you listen back to those, girl? We had a few good ones, yeah. There's some very yeah. good ones. I thought you forgot about some of them, did you? The definitely, yeah. That was, that was the cool thing about it. You forget all about <laughs> yeah. them. The the bogey song. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Billy McCluggage. Billy McCluggage. <laughs> I actually forgot all about that. I'm still very proud of that accent, by the way. Shit, you are. Yeah. Oh, McCluggage. Where did we even come up with that? <laughs> I remember we got Reuter to do the the flashback to the fake Rovers radio show in 2009 yeah and we were, Simon Webb was it he predicted Simon Webb yeah it took, it took a bit of editing and, and regals and stuff and Reuter just turns to us and just goes jeez I didn't know I'd be doing a role play today <laughs> yeah uh, so uh, some great memories and um, hopefully plenty more to be created uh, so one on Sligo prop Finn returning to the right wing and uh, Dylan Watts started so big big chance for Watts this one was and the government has now changed the rules so that elite athletes are exempt from hotel quarantine and it was great timing. Well done, oh, yeah. lads. Fantastic fucking stuff. Just so Pico was, the free Pico hashtag was going and um, he couldn't play, unfortunately. He was all locked up and uh, Pico... Well, well, you can play in this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, like, for previously. Yeah, so previously. So Pico gave the photographer George Kelly the big thumbs up in the warm-ups. Great photo. So we knew Pico was free. So hashtag free Pico. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, camera at the start as well, Prof. There's always something wrong with Watch LOI, isn't it? Like, I mean, who's over this? Obviously, there's there's somebody who's in charge of it. It's not just mm. let go to the wolves. Like, it's it's someone's in charge of this. Oh, devil. So, is there someone overseeing the operation when it goes live? That's what I want to know. I'd imagine that there's not. I'd say they just go on, they're like, oh, bollocks. Someone gets a phone call. Here, you have to forget to put the scoreboard and the clock in. And be like, oh, fuck, I'm having me dinner. Like, weird. Oh, it's definitely being manned because... Did you notice the scoreboard for the first half and the second half uh, just vanished? It has to be, yeah. Just, like, what, what are the issues there? You know what I mean? Any techies out there, let us know and let us know what the issues are and if they can be easily rectified. Vanishes more often than a 151 bus. Yeah. <laughs> also, did you notice the abbreviations? You know, but like, it's always, if it's on RTE or even much LOI. SHR. It's always, it's always three letters. SLI for Sligo. SH. A for Shamrock Robbers. Mm. We got a sham. They actually had the sham thing. We, we yeah. got a sham. Definitely a, a culty yeah. man in that. And probably why mm-hmm. it was so bad. Considering half of them can't even get fucking broadband. So this is my first game of the season watching at home uh, with a Guinness. And the Guinness selfie is crucial, isn't it? It's like, crucial. Like you need to get a good angle. You need to get the scoreboard in the background. Needs to be a proper head on the Guinness. Like you have to get it right. You have to, and it is. It's a process as well. It's it depends. Like my, I, I've had uh, running battles with other hoops about how you pour your Guinness, about how you drink it, about your temperature. Personally, I think it's a half an hour in the freeze in the freezer, right? But then again, I came to the conclusion that iced water in a in a cooler is better. 
It's much better. Keeps it at the perfect temperature. Get it out. Dump pour. And then it's bang on. It's bang on. But here's the here's what even gets even better, Prof. I'm, I'm after getting one of those soldier things. It's Ooh. getting delivered on Saturday. I've seen the videos. Yeah, so I'm going to go for that. And uh, yeah, it's called the Slauncha Soldier. You can catch them on Instagram. <laughs> Cheap plug. And uh, they're sending it out. So they send out glasses, coasters, cans. The soldier cans. They're flat cans. You pour them in. Electrocute your point. And apparently, from what everybody's saying, they're creamy, creamy pub points. We have to report next week. Creamy, creamy. I will give on. you a full analysis next week. But um, I'm at the point now where I will not drink a can of Guinness unless it's been in the fridge for 48 hours. It has to be. And if free, if freeze are half an hour straight in room temperature glass. That's where I uh, fall out with Jason Maloney. He puts his glass in the freezer. It's a schoolboy move from young Maloney. <laughs> now I've heard people do that, right? You mentioned George Getty there got the snap of Pigo the thumbs up. Did you hear the news? I did uh, not. Tonight? No, tell me. Bobby Best is retiring. He's retiring from the photography game. He's hanging up his camera. He's he's had a long, long career. A, a really long career and he's done so well. So, jeez, uh, big shout yeah. out to Bobby Best and hopefully uh, he enjoys the retirement. Yeah, 25 years. What what a servant. Yeah, what a servant. That's a, that, Did you know what? I used to like comparing their photos as well. You know, the different snaps and styles. So that's unfortunate. But listen, yeah. he's been fantastic for us. And big shout out to, to Bobby Best and all the best in your retirement. Yeah, so camera, once again, Prof, out of focus. And um, uh, it was everybody, everybody was the case. Sometimes you just kind of let it go for two or three minutes and you're thinking, okay, it's just my device or whatever I'm using it on. But it was, it was, it was all across the way, all across the board. So... Uh, it was pretty bad. We got there eventually. I'm watching mine on the PS4. What are you watching yours on? Uh, just on the laptop. PS4, I'd recommend it to anybody. It's really, really good. There's no issues. The only issue you'll have is if Watch LOI has issues itself. Mm. That's it. There's no problems at all. It's a really, really good device for watching it on. That's what I've been going for. You hook it up to the big screen. But Ali Carly as well, Prof. Your mate, you your podcast friend. <laughs> yeah, you name dropped me. Carlo Riley. Oh, he didn't put an O, did he? He put an O in. Fucking Alan McManus. <laughs> right, so Prof, yeah, uh, Prof and his mate on, on the commentary. So, Carly, um, first half, Prof, I have to think back now. Um, um, <clears throat> pretty even, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they were up for it as well. I mean, it was a, in the middle of the park, it was a bit of a slog. For a scoreless first half draw, it was actually kind of good intensity to the game, wasn't there? And, uh, Berkey forced a save early on. Bolger had a shot. That was very unlucky, actually, to get the yeah. rebound. Not to get the rebound from Green. Bolger had a shot save from Manus. Uh, Figuera. Before had, you go any further with that, one with that shot, did, what did that shot remind you of? Which one? Uh, the the one that Manus saved. I can't really remember. Watch back to Finn Harp's goal, yeah. where Mitzi scored after him. Oh, was like that? Yeah, it's very like it, yeah. The way it rolls. So they, they had the ball in the net. But uh, ruled out for offside. Uh, pitch was very uh, patchy, I thought, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it wasn't great. But I will say that the showgrounds look great. There's a lick of paint and brand new seats, and the pitch wasn't great, but it's, it looks great. It's a nice little stadium, like, let's be honest. Were you kind of worried about our, our defending a set, pa- set pieces going into 100%, this game? 100% for because the first time in a long time. Because if you look at the Dundalk game, we gave them a lot of free hitters. A lot of free hitters, and I think it's down to. It's the intensity that Joey brings, in my opinion. Because if you're standing still and you're not doing your job, Joey's going to tell you. And you're going to listen to Joey Ryan. 
So mm-hmm. that's that's what that's what I'm talking about. Like he's gonna be marshalling that defence, making sure you're organising set pieces, saying this is how it works. Maybe they just kind of they've lapsed a little bit, but we are we are a little bit weak at set pieces, in my opinion. You were looking at the Gartland and Nedestad weren't on the pitch last week to might might put one of them away, but they're two monsters, yeah. Grace was rusty again, but by the by the dairy game, which will come to soon, he was getting better. Mm. I'd say it's all about it's all about getting minutes in the legs, isn't it? And um, getting that belief back and that self confidence. Now blowing the cobwebs off, I think uh, we'll talk about our starting elevens later on. I think uh, I think Grace is going to start playing well. But yeah, nil all first half came to an end, and then the second half started once again. Bit of a battle in the middle. Good game. Like people getting stuck in. Good game. Um, well, we dominated the first 15 minutes of the yeah. second half. Um, McCann was on a yellow, which wasn't ideal then, because you're thinking maybe they'd take him off. Uh, we left our subs quite late, unusually late, 78 minutes. I actually thought that myself when I was watching, I was thinking, is yeah. he going to change this at all here? I would have changed it. I, I think I was nearly looking at changing it at half time, taking off. I think, was it, who's Finn? Finn fullback? Finn right back? Yeah, I was thinking of that. I was thinking, just take him off, get him off, you know, make a change because mm. it really did look like we needed a change. Ghana made an impression when he came on. It was his ball for the goal. Yeah, yeah. He just he um, has that presence out wide, doesn't he? Uh, they defended very well. In fairness, I think like in terms of us trying to penetrate them, like a lot of it was down to their good defender. Yeah, totally agree. John Matten is a player, and I'd love yeah. to see him in the hoops. Yeah, Bolger protecting the back yeah, four there as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. They were they were really good. Uh, your man Martin apparently has been growing up following Sligo all his life. So you can see he's up in his game because he thinks that there's a rivalry there. You know, the, the big bad champs coming to town. Grew up <laughs> watching Sligo in the terraces and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think he's destined to, to go abroad. He's very, very good. Played out of his absolute skin. But By the way, Bolger, uh, you were right last week. Uh, he's dead to me. Yeah. He said Shams again. He said Shams again, yeah. Before their goal, um, it was a great chance for Berkey with 15 minutes to go. It fell perfectly for him. And you just thought he was going to smash it in. It, it couldn't have been any better, could it? The oh. way his body was shaped, everything was perfect, wasn't it? And it played for him. Absolutely perfect. And I just thought to myself, this is getting buried. Just just didn't drop from him. Didn't yeah. drop from him. So then came the goal in 82 minutes. Hell froze over. Pigs were flying. From. <laughs> this was mental. Um, the shock in living rooms across the city the shock on his teammates faces it was like did that really just happen yeah I was sitting there having an old Guinness just thinking to myself Figueroa taking a shot from there <laughs> peasant just it's thought to myself not a chance that's going in it's one of those if I don't know why I've turned into someone <laughs> past year but that's, and I just looked yeah. away for a second and I was like what no I'm, uh, I'm actually surprised for Gary didn't walk away and just think, ah, oh, what am yeah, I doing? Yeah, the second he left his yeah. foot, he should have been going, fucking Madison goal here, you know what I mean? Great show by Tommy. He said the shot was so weak that Ad is already thinking about where am I going to throw this <laughs> to start the attack. Brilliant. Yeah, he had yeah. envisaged a, an assist <laughs> already. Yeah, but it was like, the shot was like, it was a double whammy because it was... Big Al's first mistake in, what, 10 years? Only one I can think of was the one in Derry. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. The cup. Uh, no, it wasn't the cup. Wasn't it the cup? Game. So it was double whammy. It was the first mistake in 10 years. And this didn't happen when we were training it up at home to Longford. This happened in the 82nd minute at nil-nil away to Sligo. I know, yeah. The shock of it. Like, the, 
the idea that that poxy goal could end a 24 game unbeaten run was sickening. Yeah, it was really bad. And um, but I mean, what else needs to be said? I mean, like Big Al had bailed us out three world class saves the week before. If anyone is allowed to make a mistake, I think it's Al. That's the thing, though. When I went in, I just thought, okay, okay, that's that's allowed. Al's alright. He, he, yeah. He's allowed one or two, you know. I didn't. I didn't yeah. immediately. I didn't go fucking Egypt. I just thought, okay, we can yeah. deal with this. We can get one back. I guess he's human after all, girl. Yeah, I guess he's human after all. So we definitely on eighty-eight minutes getting the equaliser as well, and his um, his first goal for the club. Is that right? Yep. First goal for the club. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I don't know why I thought he scored already. But he's so good off the bench. He's with us a year, but I mean, oh, he's got a lot of pieces. He hasn't maybe, played too. much. So yeah, one-one, and he took this extremely, extremely well. Great ball in from Gannon on the right. It looked like it just took too much over. Swivel turned and finished on his left foot. I thought it was really, really good. Now I think it got, I think it was credited with an own goal, possibly. Was it? Yeah, but yeah possibly. Yeah, but it was really, it did really well to even get a shot on goal. So um, fair play to Gaffney's first goal for the club. Congrats. Wait, uh, what stage was the the header chance? Was this before or after the equaliser? This was like greener in Stockholm esque. Um, the header was. Oh, I'm not too sure. Yeah, like he had an absolute free header. You should have scored it. So much has happened since then. I'm sorry for my, for my memory. but nah, you should have scored it. But uh, obviously i say Manus was the most relieved man in Connacht at this stage. But uh, again, great character. I mean, think think about this. In the last 18 months of football, only AC fucking Milan have beaten us in 90 minutes. Yeah, it's brilliant. And we um, have... Um, see, the thing is as well, like that mental strength is only... Recent, you know, we we would never have done this. Like, maybe at Star Bradley's reign, you know, we just couldn't come back from a goal down. Yeah, it's, you it's, it's so. And I still always just think we might not do it, but we end up fucking doing it anyway. So it's it's really uh, refreshing to see us come back from behind, you know, especially with so little on the clock as well. Yeah, in a thirty-six game season, like that'll be a great point. And um, some people were critical in that they felt we only actually woke up when we fell behind. That. Suddenly we showed more urgency and we were more direct. Uh, what did you feel about that? Um, I I thought I I think I said that it was was it this game I felt we were similar to yeah I felt like we played the way we did against Bowes in the semi in the cup semi we were direct mm. kick and rush you could say that's what I call it I wouldn't call it long ball because long ball indicates that you're going to lump a ball up and it's going to be fifty fifty where these are just direct passes to feet. And then you want to bring people into the game. I thought it was something similar to that. But were you in the same boat as some people? As in the moment we kicked off, were you thinking, why haven't we been doing this for the last half hour? Yeah. But that's always the case, isn't that, it? That is football. Though. Isn't it always the case where they're like, okay, we have to go and get it now. Whereas the plan, yeah. the plan set up by Bradley wouldn't be from 45 minutes onwards, we're going to fucking get in there, we're going to really, we're going to lash it in, we're going to score. You have a mm. little bit more wind in your sails when you go a goal down you want to fucking get, get back up there do you know what I mean plus that goal was so, was against the run of play so I mean no. yeah it was it was totally against um, it but we did well like we said Bra- we did well to come back Brazzer says we had enough chances to win two games and most people thought a draw was a fair result he didn't uh, I thought it was pretty fair yeah I thought oh, no. um, a draw was fair I thought they were good enough for the draw um, they some good players in that team uh, yeah no draw happy enough with the, not happy with the draw I wouldn't take a draw like certain people <laughs> let's talk about this for a second actually oh god this madness of somebody saying oh I'll take a draw would you fuck off go and shy 
But you wouldn't take a draw before any game of football. It's 90 minutes of football. It's such a wonderful game that we watch. Anything can happen in it. The opposition could get a man sent off in five minutes. Exactly. Would you take a draw? No, I fucking wouldn't. So, seriously. That's like someone saying beforehand, saying, you're getting a pizza, are you? Yeah. Would you, would you take some cheese on it? No, I wouldn't <laughs> take any cheese. Yeah, I want cheese on it. Oh, but would you take, would you take some pepperoni? That makes no sense. That and that, that description there, but you know what I mean. Well, at least it's physically possible to get some cheese in your pizza, Gary. It's when has it ever happened that someone has come and said, "Here, would you like a draw?" Boko comes out to Brazzer. Give you a point. <laughs> Give you a point, Elvis. And then the FBI announced that the game was off. Then it's like they've agreed on a draw. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, but at this stage, I mean, we're still finding our feet, and we're playing a team who are doing well. They're going to be up there, so. I'm happy with the way we're playing because I, I said 5 to 10 games to get into our stride and find our starting 11 our starting 11 still isn't concrete yet but we're playing we're not we're not really hitting strides but we're coming back from goals down like this and it is it's good to see so I think it's we're, only going to get better we're trying to get back into our mindset of Saturday night obviously we're happier now after Derry but we're just trying to we're trying to pretend that we're in that mode again mm. yeah so that's the 1-1 one, one draw in the showgrounds and like we said a before that, our last away game was the 3-2. The epic, epic. One of the best away trips of all time. Um, yeah, so kind of a little bit of sadness watching the game. But listen, we'll, we'll get there eventually. So yeah. the 50s Revolut Golden Goal was won by an anonymous participant. Um, awful age of this fella. Um, I won't even name him. Congratulations, yeah. But yeah, no, the 50s Golden Revolut Golden Goal. It's a bit of crack. Um, what we do is we... We've talked about this before, haven't we? So it's starting to grow now. We've opened it up to other people. So it can be up. I'd say, imagine we got 90 in. We got 90 people in paying a fiver. You can win nearly 500 quid on match day, you know? It's pretty good. Yeah. You can break it down into three. You couldn't break it down to three slots because it's a golden goal, isn't it? But either way, there's a few quid to be won. There's 150 quid. No, what's 130 quid in the pot this week so far? So it's all good. And you get a couple of time slots as well. So. For instance, Prof could get minute thirteen, four fifty four, and ninety, and then you're uh, you're off on your on your way for a fiver. So it's a bit of crack, and it keep makes it interesting. So that is our golden goal. And Gary, I have to bring it up. You know, I have to. How bang on was my prediction last week? What was you? What did you go for again? One all with Gaffney coming on, yeah. I said one all with Gaffney. I even added unnecessary detail, and I still got everything right. What was the unnecessary detail? I said one all Gaffney to come off the bench and score an equaliser. <laughs> we should we should bet on this. We really should. That's ridiculous. Although I must say, as good as that was, not as good as Tommy Kelly's prediction. On the day of the Derry game, he said, Berkey, 84 yarder. Yeah, <laughs> not, too, not too many yards off. 84 yarder. <laughs> I felt that though. Yeah, so we more Tifty's best bits now, Prof. And there's Pat Flynn poem. Oh, yeah, that was a cracker. And the debut of Winston and Mona in the summer of 2019. And a sober Aussie Nate at the end of our 100 special this year, telling the story of how we got into Rovers after moving Ireland to Ireland. And a very moving story. Brilliant. Seeing the bright lights of Tala. Well, Dundalk were playing, wasn't it? So these are our best bits. Padjo Flynn here, ex player, current coach, current resident. Poet. <clears throat> I'm going to watch the final between Rovers and Dundalk in my house in Talley with my friend who cannot walk. But restrictions might not let us because Covid takes the piss. Then I'll have to watch it with my wife and with my kids. We'll get the nachos in and ice cream and some jelly and sit and watch the Rovers play on my 65 inch telly. 
We'll sing the songs of Mackinif, Lopez and Bradley Ole. And if we win, we'll celebrate with a can of Coca-Cola. I've been to two cup finals, the first in 2010, and played a fucking stormer, so stepped up to take a pen. The stadium felt silent, and I never will forget. We hit the ball so sweetly, but it didn't hit the net. So that's my biggest disappointment in a cup final that I've seen. It's even worse than when Alan Manis turned his back on Iran Naveen. But 2019 as a fan was the best moment that I had. To see Dundalk get beaten made me more than glad. The streets were full in rings end with loyal Rovers fans and we marched behind a white horse with pyro flags and cans. We won the match and I kissed my kids and Graham my best friend and the flags flew up and rode on them. Legends are born in rings end. Watching Rovers in 2020 has been sadness mixed with joy to see a brand of football only on Watch LOI. We missed the walk down Whitestown Way holding hands with my two boys and when we see the stadium lights the excitement in their eyes. We miss the cold and blustery nights. We miss my balls being froze but more than that we miss live ball and miss us beating bows. The season it is nearly done now. A double is so near. But first I have to name the players of the year. For young I picked Dean Williams. For senior I picked Graham Bourke. His goals were great but most of all I loved the way he worked. He ran his bollocks off and his movement is so smart. He wore the green and white and he gave it all his heart. And the podcast has been great this year. The best in all the land except for What's the Story podcast. And every week I love to hear the tales from the East Stand. My favourite podcast of the year, the one that had me buzzing, was when you had a legend on, my hero Tony Cousins. The person that I'd love on next, more than Twiggy, O'Neill or Sully. The man who brought me to the club, the legend, that's Pat Scully. Thanks for having me on, and remember Dublin's ours. And if you want to become a Rovers legend, kick a bow's man up the arse. Winston's not alone this week, Prof, he has a companion. Hey, we're back with Winston. Uh, it's nearly kick-off here for the Derry game in Tata. And uh, are you going to stick with the West Stand or are you going to give the South Stand another chance? Because, I mean, we all had a great time. Remember when McAniff scored that cheeky Penenka penalty to start the year? Listen, I've already given you my reasons why I don't like the new stand, right? But, but here's another one, OK? You, you, you can't hear your man on, on, on the PA from over there, right? What, what's, he, what's he saying? Who knows? Nobody knows, right? Now, although... Now that I think about it, right, it might be better that you can't hear him, you know, because I was just listening to him there a minute ago and he read out all that racism is bad stuff and all that crack, and he says, soccer. Soccer. It's called association football. And it's the only diet you need. Right, uh, it's balls and Denny Mount next week, so I'm sure what everyone wants to know is, did you get a ticket? Well, come here to me, just about, right? And, 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 and the, the club tried to, 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 they, they, they did their best not to give me one, right? An eight euro handling fee. What are they handling? It's not like precious enriched potassium. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's just a ticket. Jesus, handling charge me, granny. Listen, why wasn't all this sorted out weeks ago? I'm blue in the face saying it. We keep saying it to you. I've got the club office on the blower, and I told them to start selling these tickets right after the last derby, but nobody would do it. And Bowser are selling Rovers tickets now on their on their web page. How, how, how come? They they're doing the job for us. 
So you're going to Damien with a few people, are you? Who are they? Oh, well, I've got my son is with me, and he's a massive, massive Rovers fan. Uh, he, he's going. He's outside the stadium earlier on, kicking the inflatables and getting all sorts of stuff painted on his face. Great, great time, great time. Uh, I'll be there with my wife Mona. Uh, she's she's coming. Uh, Mona, uh, come here to me. Come here to me, Pep. Come over here and say hello to the. Uh, yes, love. To, yes, love. Don't be shy. Say hello to, to to the prof. Prof, hi, your prof. Jeez, that's a fabulous name, isn't it? That's great. How are you? Uh, good. How are you, Mona? Uh, are you looking forward to the game tonight? And how much are you enjoying the season so far? Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's just brilliant. I mean, we're scoring goals, we're not conceding goals, and I mean, Jack Byrne in the middle. I mean, but you know, this is it. No, wait a minute. Listen, Roy. Are we all just going to forget the first three, those three defeats in four games? I knew it was a false position when we were, at, what was it, 19 points ahead or whatever it was. Dundalk have caught up now. We were only top because they weren't getting as many points as us. Do you see what I'm getting at? Now, that post game, all right, the refereeing was Cat Malogian, right? Sweet Santa and Devine James Street. Nobody could argue with that. And it was, now, to be fair, it was a very valiant effort, and I've told you that. Down to nine men, a great effort, tremendous. But where was that effort when, when, when we went down to that Kip in Oriel Park? Dylan Watts and Dan Carr, they should have given their wages to, to, to charity that week. They were awful. Nonsense. We were up against it with injuries and suspensions that night, in fairness, but... Then the following game, we did beat Pats at home on the Monday. Yeah, no, to be fair, that was a good way to get over the, uh, the, the Brass Monkeys. Brando with the assist again. That's two assists. That's two. And then Brad, Bradley drops him in Sligo. You get dropped for doing well. So I wonder why we're so disjointed and discombobulated in the midfield out there. We don't know. It's like we swallowed a Viagra and a, and, a, and a diuretic. We don't know if we're coming or going. Listen, it was lousy losing to that show, but in fairness, right? They were the best goals I've seen scored against us since Delbron. That's what we could make out from the streams anyway. You know, the, the stream was so bleeding dark. You know, you couldn't see it was a Game of Thrones. You couldn't see it. And, and there was a spider. God love her. Poor Mona there was, 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 was a wash with fry. Where, where weren't you? I was like, stop my heart. I just didn't know what was happening. Oh, stop. I was like, Winnie, get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Come, come here. Don't, don't be calling me Winnie in public. Anyway, the, the three losses out of four at this stage, the wheels are coming off now. You know, confidence is eroding fast. Big test for Bradley. Did he pass it? I don't know. I don't know. You know, since, since we've beaten the, the three worst teams in the league, but let's wait and see if we can beat the, the three best teams in the league. But I know this much. We won't do without discipline. I keep saying it. We need discipline. You do. You keep saying it. And sure, look, we've three red cards and they were all against the Bows. Two of them were stupid by the ref. I mean, what's wrong with our discipline? Oh, come here, that, that, that's, not, that's not the point, right? Miraculously, we're, we're, we're near the top of the table, but only because it's a freak show of a league. It doesn't make any sense, this, this Premier Division. Bradley will be the luckiest manager in the history of football if he flukes this, 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 uh, this win, uh, this league title. I'm telling you now, he can't control that dressing room. There's, there's, there's too many big personalities down there. Well, I mean, if only you had the discipline to do the dishes last night like you were supposed to. Listen, we've talked about this, right? We, 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 we've, we've talked about this. Those, I know, those, those that's not like the bullets, point. bullets. But I mean, I work too. I work too. I work too. I have late nights as well. I'm not there to be your cook and your slave and everything else. This is, I'll tell you, that's, oh, that's always the same. Just like your mother. Exactly like your mother. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Winston, you mentioned big personalities there. I presume you're talking about Jack Byrne. 
Uh, yeah, well, Jack is going to Acker and Stanley, I was told. Acker and Stanley, who are they? Do you remember that? Done deal, apparently. I know the chairman's barber. Lovely guy. I just wanted to sort it. I just wanted to sort out the compensation. But what, what, what we get? Does it depend on his age? Listen, my biggest fear would be that if we lost him on a Bosnian. Another one of them leaving is your man, Vojcevic. But nobody wants him. He's a spoofer. Spoofer. Bradley's recruitment, ladies and gentlemen, right there, in a body. I've heard that we have to pay his contract, which is, which is somewhere in the region of a million pounds. Not even euros, pounds. Can you believe that? Yogi is leaving and it's costing us a million pounds. Uh, I highly doubt that's true. Uh, who do you want us to sign in the summer? Well, Mac Macmillan is a done deal, I heard. True story. I live next door to this, his brother-in-law, Tony Spagoni. Lovely, he's a lovely fella and he's a wizard of a mechanic. An absolute wizard of a mechanic. Everyone knows we need to strengthen this transfer window. If we're going to really challenge Dundalk, this is a huge month for this club. Huge. Absolutely massive. Look at the games coming up. They'll probably all sell out. Rovers fans have been missing for a season or two, starting to come back. Now, I know myself, right? This actually annoys me. I've said it to Winnie, haven't I, Winnie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It annoys me. Them coming in in the middle of the season. Come here. I'm following this club 40 years. 40 oh, years? Go with the 40 years. I'm sorry, I beg your pardon? Nothing, love, nothing, go on. What, 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 what do you mean, 40 years? That's true, I am following them 40 years. Okay, okay, yeah, 40 years. All right, well, we just have time to dip into the mailbag for a few questions that people sent in. First one, have you tried Camille Thai takeaway in Tala Village? Oh, yeah, well, this is your new thing, Prof, isn't it? Who are yourself out for the podcast? Uh, no, to be fair, it's decent enough, it's good value, but I will say this, the gluten-free options are a disgrace. They're the disgraceful, the lack of them. I think one of the options is a plate of sand. You know, that's it's ridiculous. And by the way, why is the podcast always like... It used to be 10pm sharp. You could set your watch, boy. Now it's either noon or 11 or what have you. Now, you know I'm not the most technical person. I'll admit that. I'm not the most technical person, right? But the young fella, I had to get him to get it off that cloudland thing, right? The poor lad had to sit there and buy the laptop for two hours and wait for the podcast to go up because you didn't do it. I mean, he should have been in school. Is that why he missed school that day? He missed an exam. That, that, I had phone calls. That's attention those to detail. Again, those teachers again were ringing details. me. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, well, look, uh, I'm doing my best. There's lots to uh, prepare, edit and record, so I'm doing best in the circumstances. But next question. Football jerseys in the office. How do you feel about it? Oh, listen. Listen. We've had all these Liverpool shorts on last Monday, and I tell you, not one of them has ever been to Anfield. Not one. Well, I listened to your boy Curious interview a couple of months ago with the Liverpool fan. Now, we don't swing that way ourselves, right? But there's no hope for these people, in my opinion. Damon Keeley has had it right. The morons. Uh, JMK in the forum asks, is Pat Fennan a midget or a dwarf? It's not very PC, is it? Well, he's not asking about computers, is he? Is he? He's not, is he? He, ju he just wants to know about little people. Right, come here. Nutsy is about five foot four, yeah? So if he was still playing today, he'd smile enough to fit into Joey O'Brien's pocket. 12th man. Uh, another question. What will your epitaph say? Well, but the last time we were in there, my cholesterol was fine. And, and they, it has improved slightly. And I was, I was put on the old tablets for the old blood pressure. But, but other than that, I, I think it would be all right, wouldn't it? I think so. And I mean, we've had loads of those cameo ties. And I mean, they're very healthy, loads. Yeah, they're very there healthy. you go. Well, no, I was actually asking you was, uh, what would it say on your tombstone? Oh, see, he's always with the fancy words, this fella. Trinity College educated and all that. 
Um, my brother went there. Oh, so don't go. No, every party. Jesus. I'll tell you what it'll say. And here, you can, you, can, you can put it down now. Board member term limits are a great idea. Okay. Uh, let's finish up, Sal. Um, are you confident of a win tonight, Mona? Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, we're scoring loads, we're not conceding, and I mean, Jack Byrne in the middle. Sherlock. Listen, Derry are no great shakes. I did a bit of scouting for them when, we, when they played Finn Harris in the League Cup on Monday, which... Rover should have been playing had we not lost to some fourth division team in the fourth round. Do you remember that? Am I making that up? Am I the only one that remembers that? Am I going crazy here? But look, I'm not, I'm not looking for any thanks. I'm not looking for any thanks, right? I do it for the love of this club. Plus, I know Declan Devine very, very well. I won't sat behind him at the under-17s match between Hungary and the Icelandics. And he's a great bloke, terrific fella. So I know how he thinks, how he operates. He's a man after my own heart. He knows a thing or two about a thing or two, let me tell you. Well, I mean, this is it. We have to win this game going into the bowls, don't we, love? Oh, look, look, come here. Sherlock. Listen. This is it. Sherlock. Come here. That's it. Listen, Joey to score again. I love Joey. Always fantastic. So strong. Now, the, the odds of that happening again, if, 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 if you, you, you make a fortune if you back there. An absolute fortune. Well, I mean, I'm surprised you didn't, considering you spent the whole fucking day in the bookies no, today. No, no, hang on a second. I told you, I went in there for the pencil, you're, because you're somebody always. keeps moving the pencil you by the front in the hall. You never have pencils. How am I supposed to I take? bought a box of pencils last week. Right. I left no. them on the hall table. I told you to take them. I was looking around like a, I was like a big blue-ass fly looking for a pencil. Listen, come here, somebody's going to sit in my seat. And you know I only like that seat when we come here. Where's he moving coming from? Well, I'm not finished yet. Oh, you come back. No, no, we have to go. We have to go. The game is kicking off. Oh, this is a bleeding joke. This is nonsense. Nonsense. Anybody else who would be interested in sitting down and having an old chat? Forky is here. Ozzy Nate. Ozzy Nate, jump in there. Come on. Go on, Nate. So we've got Ozzy Nate, the... Pretty much a celebrity in the eyes of Rovers fans nowadays. You've heard us talk about Ozzy Nate, uh, Paggio. You've heard clips of them. Hey, Paggio, it's me. You're now meeting the legend. Wouldn't have a clue what you had to do. <laughs> 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 That's flipped us actually. I've heard your name, Apes, but yeah. Do you have a question for Ozzy Nate? <laughs> no. No one that could be here. But what we will say is that we were going to. We will interview. Nate is uh, kind of sober at the moment, so we're going to get him where we can. And uh, Nate, give us your rundown of how you got to follow him over again, because uh, this is a fascinating one. Because there was the bright lights in Tallah Stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, because you just put on the um, the replay the first time I told this story, and I was fucking banjo. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come out very coherent. Um, yeah, so like I've I've moved here. I've been living here the last four years. Um, and you know, when you when you move to a foreign country, you don't know too many people, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I um. Anyway, so I was walking along that out the back of Tala Stadium there, and Tala was rocking that day. Actually, it was um, and as as that story has already told, Dundalk were playing, so they um, they're doing their Champions League run. Yeah, a lot of noise. I think it was could have been an Alkmaar game. Possibly. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered who was playing, but there was a sign at the front saying, "Oh, uh, season ticket it's for." Uh, Shamrock Rovers for mm. 2017 and I thought I said to the missus I said oh geez, there might be a way I could meet people there you know but at the time then I thought fuck I don't even like soccer 
Well, it's football now to me, but at the time it was soccer, and I thought, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll just see how I go. So I started going along to match. Come February, this was in, well, it would have been November or so. Come February when the season started, I just started because I lived just up the road, so just started toddling along, going on my own. Realised I was going to every game, and then a few games into it, and it was probably about March, April. I, I've known Deco for a few years, and he was—he just—he lives in the same apartment block as me. And he Deco's, just ha- Deco's not here, but I don't know who you're referring to. Yeah, oh, he's, he's on his way anyway. Yeah, Deco's on, yeah, Deco yeah. fits on his way. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, and he—we he, just happened to be leaving the house at the same time. And he says, "Oh, what are you doing, mate?" I said, "Oh, I'm just coming up to the road to watch the Rovers." Who are you with? I said, oh, "I'm just on my own." He says, oh, "He was meeting the mate Gar." I said, "Oh, yeah, cool. I'll come along with you." So he introduced me to Gar Brennan, and a few years know him, and. Um, yeah, started going along to matches with him, and then um, the sordid friendship was born. Yeah, so it went, it went from not not even liking the sport and thinking oh, I won't buy a season ticket, see how many games I go to. Went to every game that year, ended up in Europe as well that year. Mm. And I've been one of the first se- people I met on, in in Czech Republic was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've um, I've been a season ticket holder since. Well, I think I want to give back to this club, man. They, they've I've got a good bunch of mates now since that. So um, yeah, and here I am, man. Balls deep, fucking loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I have to say, like, what, what I will say, like, Ozzy Nate is one of the biggest success stories that you could come up with at Rovers because he was totally like alienated from 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 any sort of social life as regards to like just oh, coming didn't in. Anybody, man. Yeah. Didn't know anybody, and he came in to Rovers, and he has been like welcomed in with open arms. And Ozzy Nate is one of the the focal points <laughs> of our. That's, like, that's, he is. That's one thing I must say about this club. It's been very like as you get older, man. Like I'm, I'm 38 years old now, and it's hard to make fucking mates when you're this age. You know, yeah. It's hard because people become insular, but this club is very inclusive. You know, like everybody and age transcends all these barriers. You know, I've got mates that are like Barry. What he's fucking Barry's 18, 19. 19 you know? yeah, and then, yeah. then there's the, the, the senator. There's yeah. he, whatever you. No <laughs> idea. 102 now. Yeah. <laughs> 101 Like I said It transcends barriers You know what I mean Doesn't yeah. matter where you're from People don't give a fuck yeah. about that They don't care what you do Nobody even asks what you do yeah. It doesn't fucking matter That's the funny yeah. thing no, you know, Because we yeah, have a WhatsApp family. group yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's just... And we're all very very good pals yeah. And in the last three and a half years Maybe two, two years we have, we have all become very very close but we know fuck all about yeah. each other. Yeah. And it's yeah. fantastic. You run on mucking away trips, you do what you want, and then that is it. You yeah. don't know fuck all that's, about that's anybody. That's the thing too. People only know me for four hours a week, right? And yeah. they just think that I'm just this fucking cannon that just uh, gets... <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's my four hours a week. I've got a, I got a wife and child at home, you know? Like, so <laughs> just, just a listener. That's, that's my, my four hours to just go fucking bananas, you know? Like, and I do, and I embrace it. Air club. Or the league in general, using Nate as an example. Yeah, you should be put him on a fucking pedestal. You should be promoting not just their own club, every club. Well, like I said, so mate, I didn't even... this country, didn't know anyone, went to League World of Magic, yeah. he's now in Belgium. Didn't know anyone, didn't even like the sport. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm but he's the guys that we should be with, nailing I'm, down. I'm I mean, yeah. if you have look look, look at the Polish community, look at the like any sort of Eastern European community, they should be the ones who are actually interested in football. Yeah. Like they wasn't even Gary, bothered. There's already uh, there's Polish families you see in Tallinn. There the you go. That's what we're looking at. I was to do a team with the FAI and the League of Ireland. 
and with Mick McCarthy, he was to give me a jersey. And we were going to be under the alone side, you know. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And uh, he was going to present, and I was going to say back then, you'd never be alone if you follow the League of Ireland. Yeah. But you'd always have yeah. friends. I mean, yeah. But that's the truth. There. I mean, look. I'm 70, he's 32. And we meet, we talk. You, you could sit there and you could have a point yeah. for four or five hours, and you could have a garden. How it didn't come about, we were to do it uh, last May. Ray, Ray Wilson had set it up. And because of what happened with Delaney, Delaney was the one that was organising. And then once he went, he was falling to show you. We should have asked him about it. We should have asked him. But the Irish team were going to come out to alone, and they were going to present me with a jersey, and they were going to be under the sign. You know, and it yeah. would have been a great thing. You know? But when you look around you and you see the amount of people that are here and 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 people that will will support League of Ireland actively. It's it is a family. Realistically, Rovers is a family. It, it is a family. Like you, you could be. You might not want to express your, your struggle or if if you are struggling like that. But if it comes down to it, and people realize that you are struggling you with some sort of personal story, problem, people will help. People will help. Do you know what I mean? That's the way it is. At the end of the day, I mean, it is a massive, massive family, and everybody helps each other out. And like even when it comes down to certain, like like for instance, if. If if I ever need work done in the house, I'll put a, I'll put a post up in 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 the chat. Don't Johnny Blue look at look at Johnny Blue worked on the house. If I have some sort of plumber to do, I'll put it up on the chat and I'll get a Rovers guy to do it rather than some random guy. You know, it's just just. just I made on the same one. I've got just, a man yeah. <laughs> It'll take six weeks to finish it, you can't you? You know how to hold a paintbrush now. But that's it. But. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna finish off. We we'll have uh, anybody else who wants to jump in, stick your hand up. But we we'll get Aussie Nate, and we we'll get a, a refreshing perspective from you, and give us your best, your favorite player since you've been following Rovers. Oh, it's gotta be Jack Byrne now, man. Yeah, Has he's to the be. top boy. He's sexy, it? man. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so I've had to, I've had to learn the game in the last like. Literally, I didn't know. I, I know you got to get the ball in the back of the net. Fucking, that's, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what you got to fucking do, isn't it? Yeah. But now, you know, like I stand next to Gar because he he tells me all the the. You know, I say, Gar, what's going? On? I must I must shit him some nights, you know. Yeah. Like, he's, you know what's going on here? What's Gar going on? Like, Brennan, your handler. Yeah, yeah, my handler, yeah. Yeah, my, tra- <laughs> my translator as well when I'm when I'm banjoed. But it's um. But yeah, like I I don't I don't see the game the way you guys do. Like you know, you see the you've a fresh approach, you could say though. Yeah, so I'd say like, oh yeah, why is he not doing this? Why is he doing that? Or how's this all happening? So it's um yes, yeah, so I've kind of had to learn. You know when you know the way the team works and and who does I'll tell what. Tell you what, he's worth it. It, it, Nate um, is worth like a, a, a special alone because of his fresh approach and his his like non-existent knowledge of football before he came <laughs> before he came here though. That's not that's well, a yeah, thing. Advice towards but how the game should be played or shouldn't be played. You know what but, I mean? Like, yeah, because now you have a fresh approach and on how the game should be played, and I'd love to know. The inner depths of his thoughts and how the game should be played because he he's only in, involved like four or five years now. So not even man. It's a fa- it's fascinating though. Three. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's fascinating, and you have Gar, who's I don't know. We we can hold our hands up with Gar. His opinion could be. Remember, remember <laughs> yeah. asking Nate to remember something from Bergen in Norway, and you could see him trying to access his memory bank. <laughs> I was like, it's like, like a monkey under the choice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Clapping <laughs> the symbols. <laughs> <laughs> like we asked awesome. But that's Europe, man. That's like that's what it's meant yeah. to be. You know? Like I don't go there to remember shit. I go there to have a good no. fucking have a ball. And I'll yeah. <laughs> we nearly missed the fucking game. That's another one. I've got to throw this out there, right? So that Europe trip, 
because Deco one uh, is, is another story. Deco one trip couldn't go. Sent me and Gar, and I had that. That was my. As I said that on the last podcast, that was that was the first away game I'd ever the been crack, to. Was it? Was Boleslav. And man, that just grabbed me by the balls. I was like, man, this is fucking brilliant. I ain't missing this again. So I started a piggy bank, 20 quid a week into a tent. <laughs> so I ain't missing fucking Europe ever again. You know what I mean? It's, um, Straight yeah. in. Yeah. What? The, the best apartment in fucking Bergen. Oh, <laughs> Hanging out the windows at nine right. in the morning. <laughs> Love the extension to the apartment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But that is it. So everybody give Ozzy Nate a round of applause. Uh, we are probably coming to the end of the show now. There's not many more people. Anybody else want to get involved? Can, can we twist that's, John Conley's arm? That, that's one of the episodes that he's added so much to Rovers. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, that's what we want. He's added so much to the, just the build up of the match, whatever. Like, and he's deserved all the all the hard work this guy was in. It's fucking brilliant, like So. The prof gets a lot of pro- uh, uh, like I just show up pissed and I just thought I'd show you. The prof is the, is the mastermind. Yeah, listen, this is how it is. I talk up. Yeah, some great stuff there, isn't it? Ozzy Nate, the best success story of Rovers. It really is, isn't it? That story never gets old. I love it hearing it. Really it really does. Fucking yeah. cocks in their heads. <laughs> I, I, see, when that was getting told, that story, I had no idea what was going on. I'm yeah. like, I'm there going, what? I only caught this bit of the story where he's talking about people who have cocks on their heads. <laughs> like, what's, so, what's going on? So it's on? nice to hear the sober version then. Yeah, it? brilliant stuff from Ozzy Nate and uh, yeah. a person close to our hearts. I know I know. I promised some, some European highlights last week, but I'm still editing that one together. Uh, it's a good one. So I've got loads of Ilves, Milan and Brand talk. Oh, so. brilliant. Put them all together. Deadly. So I'll Deadly. try and get that done for next week. Fuck them out. <laughs> So other results, Prof Pats two 0 against Derry, and they've um, they've started well. Pats, they have a good car, playing good football. Uh, Derry are shocking. Dundalk losing. I went Dundalk in the fucking last man standing. <laughs> I was convinced they were going to win. I just thought to myself, right, I won the one in work, and what won me that is picking a match winner, picking a team with a match winner, you know, picking someone who just has that extra little bit of quality, and that seems to work. So I was just thinking, Hoban, Duffy. Like they're the match winners, you know, that good bit of quality, a bit of magic, they can win one nil, but it wasn't it wasn't I the day, was it? How you can have faith in the dock right now. It top. wasn't even faith in them, it was faith in their players with a bit of individual magic. I love what's going on behind the scenes though. <laughs> I love it. And like I said, that that row actually happened that I told you about, remember? <laughs> it's all making sense now. Outside Tala Stadium. So that was a, a Georgie Kelly penalty against Zoe Club. Mm. Uh absolutely mad tackle. That, uh, do you know what the best thing about it was? Was it Cleary? Yeah, it was. Cleary clean. picks up the ball and starts shaking it. Got the ball, Rev! Got the ball! <laughs> you head case. Nowhere near the ball. Did I couldn't you, believe he went for it. Did you see what, uh, what the doc tweeted out with that? It no, said, no. A perfectly clean tackle. Good man, yeah. GBH. Fellas up in court now in two weeks. Crazy tackle. So, great to see. Anyway, and you were just praying and hoping for somebody to win this game. Just so oh, Forum could go into meltdown. Oh, you were just dying for one of them to lose. Please, one Forum needs to go into meltdown. <laughs> uh, what else we got? We got Longford at home getting smashed by Drada, who are looking a little bit tasty. Looking a little bit tasty. And I'll be putting wagers on now with a certain centre midfielder now coming up into our game out and uh, heading the game park. Hunky Dory Park, United Park, whatever it's called nowadays. 
And um, yeah, that'll be an interesting game when we go out there, tight little pitch. Let's get the other one over with force, though, perhaps. Let's get the home to Longford over with force. Finn Harps 2 and Waterford 1, and we had the Maestro. That is, what can we call him? The, the Perry's Town. <laughs> plunderer. Plunderer, there we go. The Perry's Town Plunderer. Webster, David Webby. Yeah. One's a hoop, always a hoop. Buries a left footed drive into the bar. He hit the bar, did it? He hit the bar and in. And there's a great photo from the right angle behind him. And there's, could be six players in the photograph. The keeper, all, all the rest of the players. And he buries it. Hits the bar. And uh, I don't know how he did it because it was just peppered. The, the, the goal was peppered with players. Last minute winner as well. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. I loved all these speaking afterwards. He just he just spends the whole interview talking about Waterford's chances and like how Daryl Murphy had a great chance with a header. Seriously, three four minutes doesn't even talk about Webster's goal. I still don't think I've seen Daryl Murphy play. I don't think I have. I think he's had a bit part roles. His far, finish. Dave Webster, by the way, only scored one goal for Rovers. Oh, I'll get it. Progress need a card. That's it. Uh, Sligo and Pats are doing well as well. Ten points for Pats who have... Uh, who have they got on the weekend? I know Drada have Derry. Pats have done Doc. Pats have done Doc. What you, what's, yep. your, what's your call on that, Prof? Ooh, that, that's very tricky to call. That's now. a tricky one. I'm going to say... I think it's a draw. I'm going to say draw. Exactly. I'm going to say one-all draw. Copland to score. And uh, Bill Hewlett to come on and score. <laughs> Sticking himself in front playing with his cleats. <laughs> Put it on my for a heady. Put it for a heady. <laughs> I still haven't decided who I'm going for with the uh, last man stand. It's a, bit, it's a bit of an awkward one this week, I think. It is. I went Rovers. I said, fuck it. I'm strong here. I'm going to go Rovers. I'm not going to keep them for somewhere else. I'm going to go because it's mental. It's a mental last man stand in Irish football. So yeah. go what's strong. Go what's in front of you. I was going to go Galway. Had a little word with Conor Cairns. Says, Cairns, he was starting. Give me the lowdown. Didn't, mm-hmm. give, didn't, didn't give it to me. But still. Mm-hmm. Gonna go Galway, not too sure. Yeah, people are saying every time like you, you've got Sligo and Pat starting so well, and every week you'll see, hear people saying, "Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, they'll definitely they'll they'll challenge for Europe, they'll get top four. And I'm listening to this thinking, okay, but behind who? <laughs> like who's who are they gonna finish behind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy saying that, isn't it? It's such an easy thing to say. Oh yeah, top four. No, but, oh, but the ones above them. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, are Dundalk really going to finish second this year? No, I'm going to say, as 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 I was called, Nostradamus. Going <laughs> to finish outside top three. <laughs> Did that anyway, Gareth. I forgot about it. But I meant lower, lower down, you know what I mean? I think Bowles will recover, though, so I think they should be challenging for top three. But I don't know, I just think, I, I said Sligo third. I think Pats could easily get third as well. They should be aiming for top two, both of them. Yeah, well, Pats, were, they're, they've, they've run a good platform now. They have a good start. Yeah. That's what it's all about, wasn't it? Having a good start. We're all going to have lulls, though. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, thoughts and prayers as well. We've uh, Unfortunately, we've had some sad news. And um, thoughts and prayers go to Bowles after the death of Prince Philip. Yeah, it's a tough time. Yeah, so poor, uh, poor Bowes, and they've lost one of the one of their long-standing fans. So our hearts go out to all those. Well, they got the first win, and they have an artist officer now, so they're, they're getting by. And you know? a what? An artist officer. What does that mean? What's that? What does that do? I'd like to you know. I'm sitting down, sitting down there. Here, you, uh, 
What's his name? What, what did we call him last time? Some, some sort of artisanal name. Was anyway. it Sebastian or something? I can't remember. Sebastian, that. yeah, that's what it was. So what do you, Sebastian, tell me, what the fuck is an artist officer? What do you do? What is your purpose? He's head of the cartoon department. Cartoon <laughs> department. Oh, man. But I was watching that game, uh, Bows and Dock, and watching an empty Oriole Park on, t- on TV, it's not pretty. No, it's horrible. Horrible kid. Even at yeah. uh, Daily Mount. Daily Mount with no mm. shed, it's terrible. That's going to be awful when we get back there, isn't it? The away section looked slightly better, which obviously isn't saying much. But I reckon that giant flag is just hiding all the dead mice. The dead, what did we say? It was the dead rats' uh, <laughs> yeah. graveyard, or the rats' graveyard. Yeah. Few few licks of paint, I think. I, I, t- I, I see it, Oreo Park. But uh, what comes to mind is one of my favourite ever sayings, Gary. You ever heard of Jim Cornette? Yeah, the yeah. wrestling. Yeah. It was the the Heart Foundation, wasn't it? Southern fella when in the wrestling business. He used to always say, if you shine up a turd and put it on TV, it's still a turd. <laughs> yes. Love it, Prof. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Dundalk's troubles now. And this is the comedy section of the podcast. It's ridiculous what's going on. I heard something about his son recently. And the German that the German kid that was signed for him went to school with Hewlett's son, <laughs> and they're just bringing in mates and family and all, playing them up front. That's why he's, he's fucking Hewlett's has thrown on the cleats. He's gonna go oh. play up top. Well, I have to read this post from from Ariel Webb. This this is just this is hook it to your vein stuff right here. Is this the before and after of your man McKeown on Twitter? Um, that was a good one. No, it's um. There's no name attached to his post, but uh, he says, The story of what happened last weekend is starting to drift out. With a pier in whichever long piece about the shambles the club has become appears in the press. Long and short is that Filippo tried to quit and pointed the finger at Jim and Stephen McDonnell as undermining him. Jim wants him out. Bill persuaded Filippo that he'd back him to the hilt. And the meeting was so that Bill could tell everyone Filippo has his full support. Shane is just a complete patsy. So now our management are all at each other's throats. And so are the sporting director and chairman. Dysfunction at every level. How to ruin a successful football club. The peak six, the peak six story. Next level. Excellent. Excellent stuff. From what I heard from my source is that uh, Shane Keegan fit 10 cream eggs up his bum. <laughs> <laughs> And Filippo only got nine, and that's where the that's where the the row started. I I I didn't think that's what you were going to say there. I must say, <laughs> I, I that was in left field. Um, yeah. So that was that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> why you got a how many cream egg? Huh? You got a ten up your bum. Huh? I make the cheesy ones. <laughs> the cheesy ones. <laughs> It's brilliant though, it's great, and we, you know what, we, we thought this would never end, their reign of terror on the league, we thought, yeah. we, how, how many years did we just get pumped by them, uh, and it was just like, when is this going to end, on the pitch, out the pitch, it's just not happening, finally it's happened in spectacular fashion, they yeah. are going down in a blaze of glory. The only thing that makes me so sad is that there's no fans. Oh, imagine the crack we'd have had on the pitch and the terraces, just the banter and the crack. Oh, oh imagine their own fans turning on them. Oh, it'd be brilliant. Oh, brilliant. 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 
Yeah, I, I predicted Magildan in charge by June, but it might have been two months early with that one. I think he'll fuck off. He'll get a B. Sure, he's got what, whatever his contract is, they have to pay him up anyway if they sack him, so, you know. Or two months late, rather. Yeah. But, um, yeah, first thing tomorrow, do you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do in work? I'm going to stick on the Dundalk podcast. Oh. It's called The Press Box. They have one. Yeah, they Everybody do. Everybody yeah. has one. It's your man, uh, James Rogers, I think. And episode seven is the newest one, and it's called Bleak Six. Bleak Six. Oh, yeah. I've got to listen to that. Just going to listen to it. And just hook hook it to my veins. Not even gonna, I'm not even going to listen, put it in my ears. <laughs> just going to hook it up to my, my veins. And I was like, they finally did it. Bowls now have a podcast. I saw that, yeah. I saw that, yeah. Let's see what they're made of. Let's see what they're yeah. made of. It's called One Up Top Podcast. Sounds shy. By Jay and Jor. Yeah, sounds shy. What kind of name is Jor? Oh, that's that cry baby, isn't it? That's your man that was crying. Uh, the Kaiser. Yeah, the Kaiser was crying on Twitter about something. He's giving it one. Ah, uh, uh, listen, I uh, listen. It's plagiarism. Plagiarism, prof. Uh, yeah, we're we're still think the Force ones, aren't we? Force ones with LOE Weekly. The pioneers. The pioneers. Um, yeah. So Paddy Kavanagh, prof. No, it's not Paddy Kavanagh. It's Aaron McEnef and he scored for Hearts. Uh, a bit of wizardry in the box and he buried a, um, a shot home and uh, a bit of a bit of a seesaw reaction to people congratulating Aaron McNeff on his fourth goal. Like some people are just like, yeah, well, fuck him. He doesn't play for Rovers anymore. I I always enjoyed Aaron and he was good good with us, good with the club, good in general. I hope he I hope he does well in his career. I don't see why people are kind of giving him sticks saying, ah, oh, fuck him, fuck that. He left. Went on to play in a different league. It's no big deal. Didn't leave under bad circumstances. I don't see why the. Well, we had this conversation a few weeks ago. Mm. I mean, most Rovers fans do follow the careers of players who leave and wish them well and keep an eye on their results of the, of the team they're playing for. Unless your second name is Brennan. <laughs> yeah. Um, lovely goal, wasn't it? Ah, oh, yeah. Love the way he took it. Super, uh, super stuff. He certainly come a long way since we made him read out Connor Foley's WhatsApp messages. <laughs> what did he? What, what was he? What did he say after? Yeah. What's wrong? Uh, what's wrong? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Paddy Kavanagh's penalty miss as well. Oh God, prof. Um, was this the first game played in that stadium? First cup final. First cup final played in the stadium. So yeah, Paddy Kavanagh's penalty miss FAI Cup and real in the years, which I haven't watched. It. I haven't recorded. It. I'm gonna watch it. It's supposed to be good. Bit of a miserable year, I think 2010 wasn't it? I don't think there's any good news. Uh, yeah, we were on that. On Monday was 34 years since Milltown. Barney had this to say. He said, sadly, never got to go to a match in Milltown, but myself, I was conceived in the Milltown shed. And once again, he comes from greatness. Hotbed of talent, D12 is where Barney's father's from. So, Garrett, the, the Take Me Home documentary I'm doing, I'm just going to get Barney on to deliver that one line. Yeah, that, That's how good that is. Yeah, can we do it in one of his epic uh, sessions during mid mid session? <laughs> um, yeah, so that is that. Milltown also sadly gone, but not forgotten. Um, Force division thoughts, Prof. Uh, I'm looking at it lately, and I'm thinking it's it's going to be another one of those seasons where everyone can beat everyone. It's a great league. It really is. Anyone can beat anyone. Expected Galway did start a little bit better. Conor McCormick I can't remember who they had before. I was trying to think today when I was picking my last man stand I couldn't think of the strikers they definitely have one who can bang them in because I remember us thinking jeez that's a decent sign but uh, yeah no it is it's all over the shop isn't it well they got awarded a 3-0 win there for that game that that's was called off so they couldn't feel mm. the team surely they had players well the FBI announced at the start of the season 
you have to fulfill the fixture, even if you have to play 19s. Yeah. And then, sure enough, the first case ends off. Um, yeah, 3D United with a red card in each of the first three games. There, there's a staff here. Yeah, yeah. James, James doing it with a late winner against Cork. We've seen that before. I think uh, he's probably a worthy recipient of the Ivy Celtic 2022 <laughs> title. I like their squad, actually. If you, if you go through their Ivy squad... Ivy Celtic? Uh, well, no, Athlone. If you go through Athlone's squad, like it's like 12 or 13 players of, oh, yeah, he, he was meant to be good. Yeah, yeah, And now yeah. like they've got kind of something to prove, don't they? So, yeah, that is the fourth division. Toss on the fourth division, that is us. And uh, so next up, Prof, we have Jason Cowell. Hello, it's pre-recorded Carl here. Just to say, this interview with Jason was recorded at Rosestone in December. So just to note that when he says last year, he means 2019. So the interview was taken from the upcoming documentary, Take Me Home. And when I do those particular interviews, only that person is mic'd up. So I don't actually get the audio of my questions. So what we'll do here is every now and then you'll get a little insert letting you know what questions I asked him. So I started off by asking Jason about his early career at UCD. He spent six years with the college before joining Rowers in 1997. So he talks about signing for the hoops and always wanting to play for us. Uh, we covered the infamous Isle of Man tour that summer. Then the following year, he reunited with his old UCD pals as Jason Sherlock and, J- and Terry Palmer were brought to the club by Mick Byrne. And I made sure to ask about Sherlock arriving at Bally Buffet in the helicopter yeah so i joined ucd in 91 um and the so dr tony o'neill was there with theo dunn tommy's dad theo and they took a a a real shine to me so i was on the soccer scholarship then for oh six years ucd well i was at ucd for six years i was on the scholarship for four five of those years and it was uh yeah it was a brilliant time um great opportunity um some great players we were in the first division for the first four years of that which was a bit of a nightmare but actually it, it was good education as a player to play there we missed out on a couple of playoffs and that but we actually then when we we did win the league in 95 we fairly ran away with it and we had a couple of good years in the Premier Division as well. But with some great times, we'd, we'd um, such a young team, like most UCD teams. So we went to America in 90, end of season 92. And there was only one lad who was able to buy a drink. <laughs> Legally. I was Connor Timmons. Everyone else was 18 and 19. And we, 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 we went there. We did an end of season tour in UCD. We went to Australia. For three weeks, Australia and Singapore for three weeks pre-season in '94. This was the stuff that Tony O'Neill was able to organise. He was a master at organising um, events and tours, and obviously he was a high figure in UEFA as well. So uh, those opportunities were amazing at UCD. So in '97, um, we had a good year with UCD, and uh, so I met Pat. Pat Burnham um, was still there. So it was just prior to the end of the season, probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> I met Pat and um, he was still the manager at that stage. And then he handed the reins over to Mick 
going into season 97. So I met both of them at that point and uh, joined them. And yeah, it was, it was uh, a big goal of mine to play for overs. So it was something I always wanted to do. So I had, I had spoken to other clubs while at UCD, but I never really felt that. I always felt that Rovers were in the background, that they, they were interested. I'd, I had been told they'd been interested. So I waited uh, patiently and I didn't join uh, Derry or Pats in particular, but Derry in particular, Felix was the manager up there. And uh, they won the league in 96, 97. So I actually missed out on that league winning season. Um, but uh, it was all about joining Rovers really. Well, yeah, I've been racking the brain, uh, the, the memory bank in terms of trying to recall as much as I could. But uh, so when we joined and I said we actually trained, we were training up in Kiltipper. We started the season in Kiltipper and uh, I think it was only 10 days later we were in the Isle of Man. So I think we'd done, I, th I think I'm right in saying we'd only done a week and a half or two weeks pre-season. So we weren't in we weren't in as good a shape as we should have been going to the Isle of Man. And then we obviously had a, a, a week, the best part of a week in the Isle of Man, played three games. Um, but it was really, Mick, had signed, Mick and Pat had signed, I think, eight players during that pre-season. A lot had gone out as well. So it was about getting us all together and getting to know one another, and we certainly did that. And uh, I think it stood to us during the season. The, the, I think we, we struggled fitness-wise early on, and that was probably because we didn't have much of a pre-season. But um, we had a good season that year, actually. But the Isle of Man was, yeah, I think it's folklore. A lot of, it, <laughs> a lot of stories in the Isle of Man probably are best kept under wraps, but I imagine they're all out there anyway. Yeah, well, when I was at UCD, two of our, at the time, more senior players, Gary O'Sullivan and Paul Cullen, uh, left to join Rovers. So that would have been around 92, 93 probably. Um, so they, they and Paul Kavanagh, there was a goalkeeper in the late 80s, was a UCD player as well. Join Rovers. So I was aware of players making that move. Um, and then, as you said, after me, uh, the following season, Terry and Jay Sherlock came in. And Jay obviously only stayed I'm not sure he even got the full season out of him. Uh, he obviously had a lot going on with the Dublin um, thing. And he was, he was very torn in terms of what he should be doing for his future. Because Dame, I think it was only when Damien arrived the following season, he really, I think as far as I understand, had said to him it, it would need to be one or the other. Or certainly if he was going to be with Rovers, that commitment would be required more so I think at that point he felt that he was he was being pressured and he wanted to stay with Dublin so so there was Jay Sherlock there was Terry and then as you said up to now you'd like just last season you'd Ferrugian Scales and Gary O'Neill and I'm sure I've missed Ron and Finn obviously as well as UCD lad and Greg Bulger's been here at UCD so does yeah they've, they've done a great job they've done a great job in terms of harvesting players from in many instances, unfashionable schoolboy clubs and whatever, and giving them a chance. And once young players get a chance, um, that experience really stands for them and they become experienced players in the league. I do, yeah. Um, so, 
I think that was probably halfway through that season. I think he, was it halfway through the season? I don't know what he was playing with Dublin. He was playing a, a league game, I think, with Dublin. I think, and then we were up in up in Bally Buffet. So I remember the hoo ha of him going to get the 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 helicopter and meeting us up there. Like in hindsight, like it's not something that was ideal or you'd want to do again. Uh, but it made the headlines for sure. Next, I asked Jason what he thinks might have made him so consistent because he was ever present in the league for three years running, two at UCD, one at Rovers. Uh, we talked about the European Games in 1998, 2002 and 2003 because Jason must have been one of the only players to feature in all eight of those games in the Intertoto Cup and the UEFA Cup. So he had some fond memories of those, particularly from Poland. I think, um, I, think I, was, I looked after myself quite well. So uh, I was... Uh, but, that's hard to know. I mean, I, I trained well. I looked after myself. I, I was quite lucky injury-wise injury at Rovers, not so much at UCD. I, I had a lot of games at UCD, but there was one season in particular where I was badly, quite badly injured. But at Rovers, the managers obviously trusted me. Um, I think I did quite well. Uh, I was quite consistent. I was probably... I was never a 9 out of 10, but it was probably a 7 out of 10. Uh, sometimes an 8, most weeks. And... Um, that uh, maybe that kind of stood to me, um, um, because there was there was other midfield players there, and but I think probably the best partnership I had in midfield at Rovers um, was with Derek Tracy. The two of us played central. Derek played a lot on the sides through the years, but for for a couple of seasons, particularly I think when Damien was manager, Derek played in the middle um, a lot with me. So I think we forged quite a good pairing and. That consistency lent itself to probably both of us being picked in the team most weeks. So it was good. It was uh, it was good. I, I loved playing. Like it was. I was always. I was a grumpy sod when I wasn't playing. So maybe that was the reason they didn't. Pick, <laughs> they picked me. Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking. I was. Should I? I have a couple of jerseys back at home, and I was thinking, should I have brought them up? Um, I mean, if you go through them, the Altai game was unbelievable because it was my first taste of European football, and I think. A lot of the lads first taste of European football, so we went in there completely naive and played obviously in Izmir. Uh, it was a bit mad, um, but again, a great experience. Mad in the sense of the fans, the setup, um, even things from the dressing rooms where you, they had two or three different tunnels to go out onto the pitch for security reasons. So you'd go out for the warm up up a staircase onto the pitch, old fashioned up the steps and onto the pitch. But when you're coming out from the warm back to the, the, the dressing rooms, you go down a different staircase. So the fans would never quite sure which staircase you were going to come out of. So in case they, they wanted to uh, bombard you or whatever. So things like that was uh, mad. It was, it was a very hot night as well. Uh, but we did okay. And then we came back and we had a Unbelievable! The game in Talca, actually, the return leg against Altai, was a terrific game, and it's just a shame that I don't think there was any cameras there. I presume to uh, record the game or in any kind of a way with some great goals, and we we scored late on to bring the game into extra time, and then Mark got got sent off. I think he nicely put his elbow on one of the Turks and uh, got sent off. And they scored late in the game to go through on away goals, which was a sickener because we'd played well. 
Yeah, then, it was, you're right, yeah, it was. Um, I think I'd actually gone over to with my, with my now wife uh, for a weekend because we didn't get a, it was the we didn't get a summer holiday. It was that was the one thing. The, it was the Intertoto Cup. We didn't get to have a summer holiday. We trained through that summer with a view to playing in in whenever it was. I think late June probably. So yeah, you're right. The World Cup had just started in France. Um, but uh, that great experience. But then we had a bit of a break there, and that was like when you said it. Next game wasn't till a one o two. 2002, so we had four years without European football, which is a real shame because um, having had the Turkish experience behind us, um, it would have been good for that group to go again, Like, but uh, we just didn't do well enough in the league. Um, the Dura Gardens game was next, I think, wasn't it? So Damien's, so in, we had a good side in uh, 01, 02, and but unfortunately we fell short. I think we finished second in the league. Knocked out in the semi-final, the FAI Cup and the League Cup. So we just, we just, we didn't have enough to wrap, it, wrap things up in the last six weeks of the season, eight weeks of the season, and we fell away a bit. But we had a good side, but between one thing or Damon didn't hang on, and Liam was the manager then, and we played Joe Gardens. And there was a lot of change in players, personnel, because a lot went out when Damon left, and a lot, and a few, obviously Liam wanted to bring his own players in. I don't think we played that well against Joe Gardens at all. I don't, like the stats will say, we I think we lost two 0 in both games. Three one at home. Three one at home. You're right. Stephen McGinnis scored a header, and then away, I think it was two 0 Um. So yeah, it was four goals. Um. But we, I don't think we played that well. Uh. It was a good experience. They were a good side. They were the Swedish champions at the time. They had uh, Kim Kallström playing in midfield, who was a had a good seat, good career in France. I think mostly. Um. They were a good side, and they were they, they ended up being Swedish champions. Because that match was again that was the UEFA Cup, so that was July August time, I think probably August, and their season was two thirds of the way through. But they went on to become Swedish champions that year, and they were a good side. Um, Sweden was uh, yeah, it was good. It wasn't like the Turkish trip at all. It was it was very different, but it was a good it was a good experience again. But then the following season. Um, the two games, that was a great experience. Beating Odra in Poland was definitely one of the highlights of my years at Rovers. Um, I think, I don't know whether there was, maybe there was a lack of expectancy. There was also playing on a lot of supporters' minds the last time they played the Polish side, which was in Gornik, after they won the league in 94, and they got, they got tanked, I think, seven or eight nil. And I think that was in a lot of people's minds, going to Poland again and playing. And uh, the fact that we went there and won was definitely a highlight. And like, as far as I remember, the stadium wasn't brilliant. There wasn't a huge crowd. It was a decent crowd in, a, in an average enough stadium. But what, I think it meant something to a lot of people for to win an away game in Europe uh, for overs with everything going on with inside outside the club and it was it just felt like it meant a lot and then the the return leg was we played very comfortably we won one nil and Glenn Fitzpatrick scored a header we were very comfortable actually and then we went and played Slovan Liebrecht in the in the next round they were a really good side I remember 
Actually, I should probably dig it out. There was a program for that game. I don't know whether you've ever come against the program. And it listed Slovan had been doing very well in, in the Czech League. And um, they had experience of European football for about, I think, two or three years in a row of re playing real good teams. And like they were playing top... German and Spanish and French and Italian teams and they were winning and losing but they were very competitive they were a good side they beat us I think 2-0 over there 1-0 in Dublin maybe but it was they were they were better than us like it wasn't like we left that one behind at all we we probably did as well as we could against them they were a good side but a great eight, yeah I played in I played in I think I came I was sub in Jour Gardens but I think I started the, the other seven games I came on in Jour Gardens at half time but I, I think I started all the other games which was great it was brilliant something to I can fondly recall I went on to ask Jason what it was like being the chairman's son was there a bit of pressure there and also the reaction to when Joe sadly passed away around Christmas 2018 uh, the love and recognition he received from Rovers fans for everything he did Uh well, I suppose there's a couple of things. My dad had been involved with John McNamara initially when post uh, Talca and Cram, um, he got involved with John McNamara and whatever other directors were there at the time. I think it was Bill Tormey and Jimmy Keane. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure of the personalities, but obviously John was there. So my dad had been there previous anyway. And he was probably there for three or four years over was involved in the move to the RDS and when they were playing out of Daily Mount when Noel King was the manager um, which was god that must have been a very difficult time like after coming away from Milltown and people still in their hearts wanting to get back to Milltown and then went to because I remember going with my dad to Daily Mount playing out of Daily Mount in 99 or 80, 89 probably 90 Hard to remember the exact years, but uh, they were that was that was a tough year and a half, like for the club. And then he was involved in RDS, but then he moved away. I think he didn't. Uh, at some point in time, he went. To, I think they had different ideas in the direction of the club, and my dad stepped away at around ninety four, probably. Um, so he had been there for a while anyway. And then I joined in ninety seven. He wasn't there, and then he arrived in ninety eight. I think he was, I think it was maybe a bit of unfinished business that he wanted to get back into it when asked. I think they felt that those people had obviously asked him to get back involved and maybe he felt that it was something, as I said, a bit of unfinished business that he wanted to get back in. In hindsight, like for me, it wasn't ideal. I, if I was being honest, I would have said he, I would have preferred it if he didn't get involved. Um, but... You know, I wasn't ever going to tell him that, but probably he wanted he had to do his thing and I was doing my thing. But it was very much a case of when he was there and I was there together. I didn't ask him what he was doing, and he didn't ask me how things were going in the dress room. And we that was the way it worked, really. And um, we didn't talk other than about the matches. We didn't really talk about what was going on behind the scenes at all, really. To be honest, yeah, it was nice to for him to get that recognition, and I know there was. There was an attempt to, to, to get, um, present him with um, an award um, before he passed, but it just wasn't um, Tommy Burney and I think the Tallahoops wanted that. And I think the, I'm not sure who else 
was involved. They wanted to present him with something, but it just wasn't possible because he wasn't well at the time. But um, it was, yeah, it was great to, to get some of those tributes. And I mean, talk about unfinished business. It, it was definitely difficult for my dad. He st- I think he, he finished up probably around 2002, 2003, it was around that time. Um, and again, a lot of unfinished business. Like he'd gotten as far as with the club, getting the approval up in Tallinn for the planning permission for the ground and with the council. And that was a big deal. And I know he was so proud of that to be able to get them to that point. And then, you know, the stadium started and you had one side of the stand done and then things stopped. And for whatever reason, things stopped. And um, that was that was a difficult period for, for him, for my mum, I'm guessing, the family. And um, because it was a lot of stress and strain um, there because he had his own business to run like and obviously that was um, that took a hit as well because he was spending so much time at Rovers and even when I was thinking the other day like I mean the, the, the shop the office was down in my, my dad gave up one of his offices to Tony Ennis to, to work out of there and that was where Rovers were operating from like but that was that was one of just a couple of rooms in, in his workplace that he should be devoting to other things like but um yeah, it was great to get the tributes and, and recognition of the efforts that he had put in um, because it was a huge commitment. Um, and it took its toll, but it was a huge commitment. But it, he, I'm sure he would say he would never have done it any different. It was something he wanted to do. The fact that he had been there with John McNamara and came back later on, I think, says everything really, that he, he just felt he, he was almost compelled to do it. Like so, um, Yeah. The next thing we talked about was the Tata Stadium difficulties. Uh, privately, how close did Joe come to getting the project over the line? Did it differ from what he would tell the public? Uh, I asked Jason about a great 2002 FA Cup semi-final win over Bowes and then the final against Derry at Talca Park. Whether certain players, most notable Pat Scully, were unhappy with how the occasion was treated. Then I asked Jason... Uh, who made over 200 appearances for Rovers, if you felt he came in for some unfair criticism for, from supporters during his time here? Well, I think that, I think that when it was, it was passed up in the council, I think 99, I think there was definitely a feeling this is going to happen. There was, there's, no, there's no way around this. And then I think it was when the appeals came in and the, the whole process was delayed and stopped. And I think that was just so difficult because I think he felt that things genuinely were in place to get this thing done and with everything with all the delays and people I suppose who would have been involved with the project or who had committed to the project or whatever and they started to have doubts and 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 fall away from it that was uh I don't think he was ever I don't think he ever thought it wouldn't happen I think he always felt it would happen but always obviously wanted it to happen quicker. Um, so I don't think he ever felt like he was saying something different to different people. I think he always felt in his heart that he, it, this would happen. It was just a matter of time. Like, but um, uh, circumstances dictated differently. And then, but the fact that they got there in the end, I think that he was very proud of that. But unfortunately, he wasn't really able to enjoy that when 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 the the ground actually went up and. The games were on, and he wasn't really able to enjoy that at that point. Like so, that was that was a pity. That was that was quite sad. Yeah, I remember the semi-final win against Bowes for that was 
it was an emotional evening or a day that I remember for, for a few different reasons. I think one was we'd lost two in a row before that and one of which was to Bose. So to beat them any time, but to beat them in a semi-final was, was sweet. They, 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 they had a good side at the time. But also, I think it was a re- it was, as far as I remember, that time coincided with my dad. I'm not sure, was he, did he finish up at the club at the, around that time? Or he was, I think he had one thing or another. I think he, 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 was, he wasn't involved in the day-to-day running at that point. I think it was around about that time. So um, I remember there was a lot of emotions there. Um, um, so I remember that, that game very much. It was a highlight, but also definitely there was a lot going on in and around the club. And it, it just felt, um, it, it was a big win. I remember that day. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I think I played well as well. It's always good. <laughs> and the final against Derry at Talca, were some of the players unhappy about how the occasion was treated? Yeah. Yeah, I remember like Pat Scully was there. I remember Pat in particular um, was quite vocal. Uh, he felt it wasn't given the the priority it 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 warranted. Um, I don't remember myself. All I think about was we're playing a game. A couple, did I feel like it was a like if it was in the Aviva now? Totally different. Back then, like we were playing, like the final was in Talca. We were playing in Talca at that time as our home ground, as far as I can remember. So it didn't feel, feel it didn't have that luster or um, big game feel like you would get now. And I see the games now and go to the last, well, not this year, but the last year's cup final and go, oh, gosh, we played in the cup final against there. But it was nothing like this. It was just nothing like it. And it was a game that was a bad game. We didn't play well. Um, and um, we were probably, I don't think Derry particularly deserved to win either. I think if we had to come out with a draw, gone and played a replay, I think I'd be fairly confident we would have beaten them. But we just didn't play well enough on the day. It probably summed up a number of years um, with the team around that time. But things were so difficult. Um, for it's only in hindsight you you think back as a player, and you realise at the time you don't think it, but now you think it, it was so difficult for us like to 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 achieve anything of significance as a team. We weren't good enough at the end of the day, but like we were training all over the place. We were with no home ground. We were training all over the place. There was so much speculation in the background about the club, the future of the club. Um, you know, to, at that point there was. You know, there was question marks about whether the, the check would be there for you to get paid at, at the end of the week or whatever. Um, it was it was a really difficult time as a player. It wasn't, I suppose, what you would have when you signed from UCD or signed from whatever club you came from. It wasn't, I presume, what you had dreamt would it would be like because we'd all been sold that the you know, okay, it was going to be a difficult period, but we, would, we will be in Tala and we will be playing out of Tala and the club, it's the best club. But I was a Rovers man. I would have signed for Rovers no matter what. That was always going to happen. But for some other players, maybe, that, that um, they were happy to leave to other clubs because the, the, the Tala thing and the, the Rovers dream didn't materialise. Um, I suppose, listen, as that it was a difficult period um, for the team. Um, I was a part of that team, um, and I w- 
did I come in for unfair criticisms? Probably did. I probably did. Felt like that when you said about I was never present for a couple of years. Like the managers obviously felt I was doing something okay to be in the team most weeks, and I always trained well. I was did my best, um, but any criticism that came in for me, it obviously sometimes it hurt, but not really. I like I had supported Rovers. I'd gone to Rovers. I'd gone to grounds as a fan for years. I knew what to expect. I, so it, it was for me. It was it wasn't too difficult to brush off any criticism that came my way. Um, you know, it might it would sting you. That's only natural. But I, I didn't really dwell on it at all because, um, you know, uh, I, I I had expected that really to be honest with you because that it almost came with the territory. Um, but it, no, I was okay with that. It didn't really affect me. I don't think so anyway. Looking back now, I don't think it did. I, even at the time, I don't think it affected me. Um, but uh, no, I don't know. Maybe it's because I was the chairman's son. <laughs> Next, we talked about his earliest memories of going to Rovers games with his dad, uh, being at Milltown and Danny Mount Park. I thought to ask him about a goal that he scored there in 1998 after just 15 seconds. But amazingly, he doesn't remember. So we moved on. Uh, we talked about that special day at the Aviva, what it meant for Rovers to win the Cup, and his own involvement in the academy in recent years. So I, I did go to Milltown with that. Um, probably everyone says that now, but uh, I, I did. Uh, I remember we'd go, we'd drive up and park the car in the little, um, the little car park at the bottom of the hill and then walk up the hill heading into, into the ground. And as far as I can remember, the, they had... I remember standing near the, the railing as the players would walk from the dressing rooms out onto the pitch. And the, I think it was tarmac, or I think they got rid of a stand and it was tarmac. And you can hear the, the rattle of the boots coming across because they had to walk that 20 or 30 yards across the tarmac. And you'd hear the, you'd like to be standing there as they came across and you get the. So uh, I, I, I was in Milltown uh, quite a number of times and I loved that. And that was my earliest memories. But really, um, I probably recall more, as I said, when they were out of Milltown and they went to Daly Mount with Noel because I was there with my dad and my dad was involved and we'd go in the the bar entrance into Daly Mount in the old stand and yeah, like because I'd be hanging around for an hour or two before the kickoff even, it would be a long day because I think they were probably half three kickoffs on a Sunday as well, like they all were back then. I think it was half three because um, you'd be... And uh, around that time, I remember the team were struggling, but I always remember they beat Bowes. Uh, like, more than anything, that team, I remember that no matter what, they beat Bowes. And it almost felt that was enough, which was great. Uh, I remember Noel King, the manager. I think they were a hard team. I always remember someone getting sent off as well. But anyway, that, those memories were there. Then they went to RDS. And then there was a period when I was at UCD, I would have missed a lot of games because I was playing at the same back then. Uh, we played sun, again Sunday afternoons, and uh, RDS was always Sunday afternoons as well. Cause there was no floodlights, so it was always Sunday afternoons. RDS Sunday afternoons up in Belfield, so I missed a lot of games for three or four. But any time I could, I would go to the RDS or to away games. But um, uh, that was that was really it in terms of support. And then now, obviously, since I've stopped playing, I. I continue to go, which is I bring my own kids. It's brilliant, like, um, and hopefully they'll have memories when they're older of us being a successful team and not just 
beating bows. Uh, random question about Damon Burke, what, what I think of it. Do you remember once scoring a goal after 15 seconds from kickoff in a Lancer Senior Cup tie? No. <laughs> I actually don't. And another fan came to me, uh, he keeps, there's a lad, and I forget, I, I I'm terrible with names, but I've seen him for years, and I, his name is Peter, I think. And he said, oh, I always remember that goal he scored against Bose. And I said, oh, yeah, it's great. I actually can't remember what goal he's talking about. So I'm not sure. How do you not remember scoring 15 I don't, seconds from I don't remember. And I don't, do you know what? And I didn't score many goals. So I should remember every one of them. Um, certainly at Rovers. But uh, I don't remember that goal. I remember my first goal for Rovers was up in Bally Buffet in the snow. It was a diving header with an orange ball. <laughs> so that was great. Um, but... Uh, I don't remember the 15 second goal in the Leinster Senior Cup. Leinster Senior Cup, gosh. Yeah. Oh no, de definitely there was, like we're saying, there's some games dotted over the years that felt like they meant a bit more. And like obviously last year, without even playing, really felt like something. Um, felt more than I expected it to feel. There was definitely a euphoria and a pride um, that we had got this far. Um, it, it did feel more it, like I always wanted to win a league with Rovers uh, the fans always wanted to win that 25th cup I always wanted to win a league um, but it would be hard I think even now the la you'd have to ask the players now but I'm guessing as a one-off day the, the cup probably meant more even than the league this year like um, it just felt like something something happened last year and it was uh, it was a great day it was great to have my family with me as well yeah um, and as I said, my dad had, he'd only passed less than a year, so it was, it, it was definitely mixed emotions there. Lots of emotions, all good, actually, not, not mixed, it was all good. Well, so uh, I, I have three boys, two of them play football, so there was one, one boy, I was involved in the development academy when they were down the spa well, with my older boy initially, and then now my youngest lad, Again, he started off down the Spowell in the academy there, in the development academy, and uh, when they moved up to Roadstone, Keith O'Halloran asked me to get involved with the development academy, with his group, so I did, and that flowed into me then following in, into the, the, the norm, the, I suppose, the, the, re the regular academy with, with him playing at under eights, under nines, but I've just only stepped away from it in the last month. Um, it was something I always wanted to do, uh, to not be involved in my son's team. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, uh, my own history. Uh, but it was something that I never really wanted to be involved with my own lad's team. So uh, I've only stepped away in the last month, but it's great, brilliant. Like, it's been great. Um, it's, it's like, again, when I was thinking about when I was going to be talking to you and I was thinking about all the different places we trained, like, you're talking in my seven seasons, like... I actually couldn't keep track. There's at least 20 different venues we probably trained in. And to come up here now as a player, and you're, you know, you've got that facility there, the advantage is huge, like, relative to what it would have been for us. But again, it wasn't something we dwelt on back then, but, oh my God, to have the opportunity to come up here and play, and play in an academy, but even to play as a first-team player, to come up here and train, it must be fantastic. Really great, but it, it's uh, so I've just stepped away the last month just because I didn't want to be involved with my own boys team and I'll be watching from the other side of the fence for a while anyway until I, the Graw comes back to do it again. Now I ask Jason, of all the different home venues Rovers used in the homeless years, 
which grounds did he like or not like? Uh, I wondered, were there any memorable atmospheres, standout games, good or bad? So I brought up the 6-4 at Sandry. And finally, he thought about the funniest moments of his career. And then he picked the best player he's ever played with and against. I mean, I'm sure everyone was saying Martin. <laughs> it was the one they least, least liked. I kind of got the Martin thing in terms of it was going to serve a purpose for a short period of time. Um, but it wasn't it. It wasn't it. The, the pitch was tiny. I, uh, the pitch was, never mind the surrounds as a player. And for us, especially when Damien was manager, who wanted to play with wingers and get the ball out wide and, you know, it was tiny. The pitch was tiny. Like one clearance and you were on the attack. One small clearance and you were on the attack. Um, so I didn't like playing in Morton Stadium. Um, off the other grounds, I, I enjoyed playing Talca, to be honest. Talca was um, probably because we played most of our games there when I was, when I was playing most of our football was in Talca. Um, but I, um, no, the pitch, like at the time, the ground was one of the better grounds um, and the pitch was always decent. Um, but Daily Mount, I always enjoyed playing in Daily Mount, but not as a home team. I always enjoyed going there as an away player um, when we were playing elsewhere. And I always loved going to Daily Mount. I think we quite a good record in Daily Mount over the years. Sure, we lost a couple, but I think I won a lot more than I lost down Daily Mount. Um, but not as not as a home player. I wouldn't I wouldn't ever want to say that was my home ground. But uh, the Talca Inchcore was fine. Um, um, but yeah, it's not it wasn't Tala. Um, <laughs> well, the European match I think was uh, in Inchcore actually when we beat Audrey in the return leg. That was, I think that was stuffed that day. It was a summer's day. I think it was a very warm day as well, but that place was stuffed. Um, any, 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 any victory over Bowes really was a highlight uh, in terms of the fans. Um, trying to think now. The defeats, you remember the defeats sometimes worse than the wins. Um, Ross and Robbie about the 6-4 earlier. Oh, it's something I've blotted from my mind. Yeah, I was there, unfortunately, I have to say. Uh, crazy game. Again, that's symptomatic of what I said to you about Morton being such a small pitch. Like, one pass and you were on the attack. Like, and, that, and that's the way it was, like pinball that day. And even when we were 4-1 up, we were never in control of that game. We had scored goals. It went for us. They were never in control of it either, but it was just end-to-end... Obviously, defences weren't on top at all, and uh, that was that was that was just a crazy game. I mean, I, I remember actually, yeah, it was, it was that was that was a hard one to take, like for sure. But I remember I took great pride. I remember from the following week, so we'd lost, I think, on the Sunday, and we were playing the third round of the cup up in Finn Park on the Friday. I think the following Friday or Saturday, whatever night they played on. And we were under massive pressure after that game. And we went up and we were brilliant. And we put up a real professional performance. We beat them 3-0, I think, when everyone was watching us to fail. Everybody wanted us to fail. Not, not to fans, but everybody was watching us. They were like, this is like, after getting beat by, by Bowes. Um, but we knew we were a good side. Like that Bowes game was just, was just one of those crazy Bowes games. But, um, uh, we went up to Finn Park and we won 3-0 and I remember taking great pride from that. The lads really bounced back 
and showed loads of character and it was you know that was I, I, I so when I think back of that that match I think more of the next match when we showed some great character and great personality and we had a good season that year as I said we had a good side but you know there was obviously there was a couple of bumps along the way <laughs> any funny moment from my career um, ah listen like every year ha has had its moments and as a, like you, probably a lot of them you couldn't even talk about is like certainly in the first couple of years when Mick was manager you know the Island Man and with some with some uh, we had a great we had a great group that first couple of years in terms of characters and players and um, maybe the social side of it uh, was too much to the fore but we did have a great group um, I remember we went up to Sligo one day and that we got up there and it was a bit stormy and by the time we, we had gone out and done the warm-up and it was a real storm and uh, we came back in and we were just getting doing our final bits and pieces getting ready to go out on the pitch and the ref called it off because it was too windy <laughs> I'm sure there was plenty of fans up there that day and uh, it wasn't a case of because I think that was probably a Saturday. It wasn't a case of you know coming back next day and playing or we we said no. And we went straight to the pub and we uh, had a few chairs and straight onto the bus then home and uh, it was a good old journey. But we had listened. We I think like three very different managers: Mick, Damien, and Liam. And like during that period, there was a lot of good moments. But you know, I think. The European matches stood out for me. Uh, again, great trip to Turkey, um, and the trip to Poland uh, was was in particular brilliant. Again, that was a that was a mad place. Um, I think wh whoever went will acknowledge it was in the middle of nowhere, um, and we stayed in a hotel that was so opulent in the middle of Polish countryside, really. Um, it was a really crazy place. I'm sure the mafia owned it or something like that. But uh, um, no, Tommy Dunn falling over the hoarding in Morton Stadium. I remember, I recall when he was taking a corner kick. Did you hear that one? <laughs> Did you? When he was, he was, he was, he'd put the ball down and he was going to take again. This shows the size of the ground. And he went to arc his run. And he fell over the hoarding. And <laughs> I'm not sure if it was on camera. Uh, I'm sure Bobby Best probably has a picture of it somewhere. But uh, no, that that's probably it. There's, there's, I'm sure there's plenty more, but I can't can't recall it offhand. Oh gosh, uh, with against, it's probably easier. In the league, um, okay. So in the league, um, because they were a successful team at the time, uh, that Shelburne team were a good side, and uh, probably Tony Sheridan. Um, because he played, he played wide, but he played central sometimes as well. And you'd come across him. He was a, he was a hard player to play against. Paul Doolan was a proper hard man. Um, I went on holidays uh, one year in '95 when I was at UCD, and it was the end of the season. I went off on holidays, and uh, met Paul Doolan and his family there. Lovely family, and uh, got to know him a little bit and. Uh, uh, I was there with my now wife. Um, we didn't spend too long together, but we got got to know him a bit. Even though I'd played against him loads of times, 
Um, the following, uh, so the, the, I think he was with Derry at the time. I think he was with Derry or Bowes. I think it was Derry. And played them in Talca then early on the, next, the following season. And we'd kept in touch or whatever. And 10 minutes into the game, absolutely went through me. Absolutely went through me. I said, what was that? And he, <laughs> he just said, doesn't matter. He was a hard man. He didn't care who I was or that we knew each other. He absolutely went and done me. Um, so he was a tough player. I, I played in some representative teams. Um, I was lucky enough to play in a good few league of They don't seem to do them anymore, but there was a glut of them then in the mid-90s. And I seemed to get picked for a good few of them. And we played against Croatia, um, the Croatian national side in 96, before they were preparing for Euro 96. So we played against uh, Boban, Prozinecki and Sukar. Um, so take your pick from those lads. Played against Roy Keane a couple of times as well. So uh, Played with, um, gosh, some terrific players at UCD who um, you probably don't really know. Uh, but there was James Keddy and Kieran Kavna and Mick O'Byrne and Great players, Connor Timmons, Terry Palmer, at Rovers. Um, gosh, is there a standout? I'll say my old buddy Derek, because <laughs> he was there throughout my time at Rovers, and I still keep in touch with him. And great servant to the club, good player, midfielder, played everywhere. But I think his best days were as a midfielder. Next, when when I was playing alongside him as well, so. Um, Probably Derek. We'll say Derek. <laughs> so that is Jason Caldwell, prof, and a fascinating interview. Ever present two seasons in a row. That's uh, that's a stat and a half in its own, isn't it? Yeah, actually three if you include um, UCD. Uh, just one of those, isn't it? Like one of those that kind of goes under the radar, doesn't he? I mean, as like, a um, like, I mean, we wouldn't call him a cult figure, but one that kind of goes under the radar as a loyal, like he's a fan. You know what I mean? A loyal yeah. player. He loved that win in Audra. In uh, Poland, two thousand three, because that was that was Robert's first away win in Europe. Oh, it would have been a cracker, wouldn't it? So many years. First one, first win, I think, was since uh, Iceland, eighty two, wasn't it? Fran. Oh, Fran Reykjavik. Fran Reykjavik. Uh, Gareth, how, how do you not remember scoring against Bowles after fifteen seconds? Oh, I don't know. That's that's I, I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's crazy. How can you not remember that? That means nuts. After scoring anyone 15 seconds, it's, if a, I scored, it's a rare thing. If I scored after 15 seconds in the Phoenix Park, yeah. I'd remember for the rest of my life. <laughs> Phoenix Park. Yeah, and he named you after a few Croatians there, didn't he? You had Boban, Prozanecki, Suker. Sounded like your. Vonamir Boban. Sounded like your bench and your best 11. Yeah. You had a few Croatians <laughs> in your Croatians, bench. Croatians, yeah. It's a Boban, what a player. And did you see me post some a uh, couple of doc teasers there? I certainly did. During prof. the week, you had Emma Malone and James Cook. This is going to be absolutely brilliant! Can't wait. Big huge premiere in the Lighthouse Cinema. Three mm. beers, everything, the whole lot. I mean, uh, as much as I've been enjoying uh, Rowers being back, uh, been a bit down lately about the documentary because I was, I was, we were on a roll and I was really enjoying it, and the lockdown just put a halt to the whole thing yeah it's tough isn't it it's a lot of th- a lot of things yeah. are happening like that. but it will it's not the you know what I mean It'll rise like the phoenix prof mm-hmm. so that is uh, 
Yes, that's it. We're talking about 2-0. So 2-0 up there even the Brandy Well and um in the lead up to the game, Sean Cavanagh spoke to the media about how he came very close to signing with Derry at the start of 2018 for Bradzer and McPhail came in at the last minute. Yeah, we swooped in, didn't we? Yeah. Swooped in and... Uh, he called it a sliding doors moment. I, lo- I love that phrase. A sliding doors moment. I like yeah. that. I'm going to take that one. Well, four changes to the team, Prof. Gary O'Neill makes his long awaited start and appearance for the hoops. We haven't seen him in a long time. Since October... And Max Morphy made his first team senior start for the club and the 19-year-old played left wing back and Grace was captain. So it's nice to be able to... Uh, for games like this, when you think... Now, normally, people say Brandy Wells tough play to go. You have a stat yeah. for that. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't lost up there in six, is it? We've won five and drawn six, drawn one. It's our fifth win in the row up there and we've conceded one goal in six visits. Like, that's brilliant. We used to always kind of dread going up there. It's my favourite way, trip. So, um, yeah... Uh, it's good to be able to rot- the rotation is there and you can trust young 19 year old Max Murphy in the left back position you know up there and it's good to see Bradzer giving him that bit of that confidence having that confidence in him well they had a young team too hadn't they so Bradzer might have looked at that and thought very young team yeah they you think they're the 17 year old this is the, well. if you look at our substitutions we have Williams and uh, Nugent coming out the bench as well you know yeah Nudger um, as he's called isn't it Nudger uh, the Astro looks shite oh, it's it? terrible I think someone made a point of it as well that that's going to make them struggle I, I'd, I'd be disgusted having to play an Astro every week it's that was Brian Murphy yeah he said Derry are going to struggle because of that pitch whereas I agree. if you listen to Bradzer we love the pitch apparently well we train on it every day and the Seals yeah well we have the grass pitches yeah. as well but that's it as well but prof uh, shitting in the bags shitting in the bags already Derry had a great chance straight away I think it went over someone's head and it just hit the side net and I thought that was in because the angle that was at it looked like Manos yeah. was going to get lobbed and uh I, it was a it was a great chance for them. So that, that was hard mail stuff. Yeah, oh. Parkhouse just hit the outside of the post. Um, actually, right after this chance, we had a brilliant move. Uh, we were uh, set up Gaffney, and then Burke just shot straight at the keeper. Like it was a lovely little move. Should have ended Burke with a goal. But how much did you just think that's getting put in the top corner? Oh. It was bread and yeah. butter to him, wasn't it? It was right and it was it was close. It was in the box. I was thinking, how did he how did he hit that straight at the keeper? You know. Yeah. And I have to say, Manjoya was excellent, <sighs> especially first half. He's just starting to click now, isn't he? He's yeah. Just a smart footballer, a very very smart footballer. Good on the ball. He was up for it. His distribution's brilliant. Really really looking forward to seeing him now coming up this week. Uh, prop the Gaffney goal. Uh, are, why isn't anybody talking about the save from from Bork? Unbelievable save! Did you see that save? That was drilled into the bottom corner. I couldn't like, and it was one of those outstretched arm, tip, fingertip saves, and then right into it, and then fucking yeah. Gary Twig point two comes in and buries it from that angle. Very Bray esque when we won the league. Did you see the angle that he scored from? Insane! That, that, very tight angle. I, I, I think the keeper could have helped it in, but still to get it even I, anywhere near the goal. I was like Twig and Bray when we won the league. I did not expect him to, to squeeze that in. I at couldn't all. believe. I was looking at going no. I think if you have more angles of that, both the save and the finish, you appreciate it more. If you if you've got like the Gavin Bazuni was stretching, Cork. yeah, 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 that was brilliant. Yeah, but you know, really, really happy with the way we started this game and um, we took it to them. They were they were sprightly, you could say. Like I mean, your man Akintunde had a couple of good ch- touches and looked a little bit dangerous. And other than that, though, they, I think, uh, I think they kind of sat back and they weren't. They didn't go for it. You know what I mean? They're at home and they're not going for it. Understandably, you can know the champions are coming to you. You don't want to get pumped. But if you're at home, 
and you're not encouraging your players to play football and go for the win, mm. is there is there a point? Do you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like I think it's a bit cowardly, and it it shows. And it, even his his interview after the game, it shows that he doesn't trust his players. To see what he said, we can't afford the likes of a peak or yeah, like yeah, you can't yeah. say well, what's that saying about your own players? How fucking shit do your players feel now sitting in the dressing room? He had the excuses ready, didn't he? Nah, it's, it doesn't it doesn't bode well for me. So he's been there for years now, and I just, I'm not seeing any progress. Um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'd started to turn the screw then, and then out of nowhere, the Parliament Street Pele, the inner city sensation. <laughs> Don't mind your Beckhams, or your Zabby Alonso's, or your Conan Burns. He, Borky step up, boom, and do you know what, at one stage I thought to myself, I was giving out. <laughs> I was thinking, fucking Egypt, look at him fucking that. Oh! <laughs> I was waiting for this, the, the, yeah. Gary, the Gary Neville, oh! That was my first time as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. I couldn't believe it. And you know what I loved about it? It didn't bounce. Yes. It didn't bounce. It fucking straight in. Keeper falling as well. Big dramatic dive. Brilliant. Everything about it. And he hit it with pace. Yeah. He didn't love it. He buried it like a shot. And, I, and you know what I was, I was thinking to myself? I said, if he was any closer, he would have skied it. <laughs> if he was 10 yards closer, he would have hit over the bar. I love how he hits a penalty from 12 yards. He puts that into orbit. But from 60 hours, it's like a dart in the bullseye. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, hashtag Burke for Puskas. Burke for Puskas, absolutely brilliant stuff. This, so. this is just one of those special moments, though, isn't it, as a Rowers fan? This is one that like, you'll never forget where you were <sighs> well, it was when you saw this. Well, it was fucking daughter's bedroom watching it on a PS4. Well, there you go. You'll, <laughs> that's you'll, what I was. you'll never forget that, Gar. <laughs> and that's what's lost on this. Like, yeah. I mean, we should have been in the terraces. We, 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 obviously, we've been running a bus and we'd be all just... We would have all caught that goal in the terraces. You'd be falling down steps. You'd be dragging out people. You'd be hugging randomers. Oh, it would have been scenes. Oh, man. Oh, it really does. Uh, it brings you up, brings you down, doesn't it? You think about how good the goal was and it brings you right back down to air because you didn't see it live. I don't, in work, like, I don't force my, my roversness on people. They they tend to ask me about it a lot. Yeah, because you're the rovers guy in your yeah, shift. Yeah. Like, oh, Carl, oh, rovers yeah. fella. Yeah. But th- this was different, Gareth. This right, was so usually oh, your man, yeah, he imprisons uh, young young people in his dungeon. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. This was different, Gareth. This was. Did you see the goal? No. Okay, let me load up my phone now. And I just show it. Boom! Straight in yeah. every WhatsApp group I had. Boom! 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 And then, yeah. in fairness, they were coming at me, going, "Yeah, Rovers go!" Like, yeah, 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 it was. It was cracker. There was one. There was a Liverpool fan who uh, I didn't give him any warning. I didn't say check out this goal from the halfway line I just lo- loaded it up and then the ball was mid-air and he just goes fuck off no, yeah, yeah I love that <laughs> no yeah. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> fuck off yeah. but the no replay thing imagine explaining this to a bar stealer I was like uh-huh. yeah we just got a goal from the halfway line and uh, watch you the way there and he goes can I watch it back no that's what I was I was where I was saying that to her, I was like, Lark, Lark, come in, look at this. She's like, What? I was like, Oh, there's no replays. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Come, she, she's looking at me, she's like, Fucking weirdo. <laughs> come back to me in 40 to 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch. No, come back to me in 40 and we'll watch game week two's goals. <laughs> Thanks. I'll just pray that someone recorded it on their phone yeah. on the television. Um, so yeah, that was Bork and then into the second half, fantastic stuff. Great two 0 uh, perfect time to score, isn't it? Although I do like scoring in forty four minutes. Um, 
yeah, so that was it into the second half. We had Nuja and Williams coming on. And uh, it was just one of those games where you just played out, wasn't it? We, we managed the game. Managed the game. Played second it. Second half. And when when, when Nugent and Williams came on, and then you look at our bench, the unused subs, Finn and McCann, and you're just like, ah, what, what an embarrassment of riches. Oh, it was brilliant. Brilliant. Best squad we've ever had in my uh, time watching Robs. Best mm. squad ever. Depth, everything about it. Brilliant. Attitude, the whole lot. And Max uh, didn't put a foot wrong. No, no, it didn't. And it, like you can't say anything bad about it. Like, it was a good, good performance from everybody all around, and he was solid. So um, don't don't forget that goal he scored up in Finn Harps as well. So last season it's good performance. Very very happy. Plenty of options there. Left wing back Cabo, yeah. Ferrugia, Murphy. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, there was a comment on one of the podcasts. Uh, it was it was along the lines of you know for all their talk of their youth policy, Rovers have a very high average age. That was mentioned to me by a Pat's yeah. fan of work. I was just like, you just clutching at straws. Every yeah. little thing you can get. Trying to tear us down. Keep huh? going though. Keep going. That's what I always say. Keep coming. First thing you say to me when you walk into work is you mention Rovers. Just keep coming. <laughs> Don't talk about Pats. And then we've got Max age 19 starting here. But but more importantly than that, uh, we tried to enter a team full of 16, 17, 18 year olds in the first division and we got turned down. Yep. Can we please point that out? Yeah, exactly. For all their talk of a youth policy, yeah, we tried. Uh, yeah, so uh, listen to this. Watch LOI commentary for a goal from the halfway line. To direct that one towards Burke. Two players who have been to the four-four Shamrock Rovers in this first half, and Burke has taken this on from a long way out. Oh, Graham Burke has found the range from almost the halfway line. Well, what a strike that is! To notice the guard side was off his line, and Graham Burke has doubled Shamrock Rovers' advantage. The champions lead by two goals to nil. And the train from Houston Station <laughs> is leaving to go away at 1.15. Nice one, yeah. It's been delayed by 25 minutes. Unbelievable. apologise for any inconvenience, guys. Fucking hell. Get excited, will you? Unbelievable. How flat was that? Nah, it was terrible. Plus, he also called Gaffney Lafferty multiple times. I think he's, he's Ricardo again. His name's not Ricardo. No, that's someone else. I think that's... Adrian Ames. It's either Adrian Ames or Stephen Nalkin. (laughs) We're getting their names wrong. (laughs) Interchangeable. Yeah, so uh, Tommy Tommy, the professor, and uh, Samson, who's beautiful, beautiful locks of long silver hair. Um, On a serious point, on the low quality of the commentary, including the fact that half the commentators sound like they're bored a lot of the time is a major issue with Watch LOI. You only have to listen to the voluntary local radio commentaries from the likes of Derry and Dundalk to realise how bad it is. The summariser last night said it was only his second time seeing Bork play live. I wouldn't begrudge a fella to the chance to earn a few quid, but someone who's only seen Borky twice in this era of multi-round leagues has no business being employed as a summariser by RTE and once again Tommy Tommy the voice of reason a fantastic one but I have to say I love that commentator the Derry guy Neil McClaffery or Mc, oh, McCluggage whatever <laughs> name was I thought he was brilliant he got it spot on he noticed the way our third man goes in see that's the thing I love about Rovers is all the, the little triangles once we start getting those triangles right we tear yeah. teams apart and once those triangles start working, Bork is the man who goes as the toured man. So as as they say, the toured man, when Bork makes those little runs in behind, drags out the centre halves and a ball gets put in there and Bork is immediately in on goal. He's bearing down. He's, well, he's going to shoot. 
but we have the option to work it in there and once we're in their toward and we start playing like that it's brilliant it's really really hard to defend against and he was spotting that he was spotting mm. a lot of good stuff and yeah no I really enjoyed it I did I enjoyed his good analysis you know because he's really watching the game yeah I agree with that I, I enjoyed that call cam data uh, like he spot he spotted a lot of stuff and he pointed out stuff that I found interesting that I might have missed you know what I mean so yeah, yeah stuff like that just really yeah. was spotting everything that's what you want a couple of good stats about their players as well starting and yeah really good Octavio Neto and his legion of Brazilian followers on Twitter has tuned into the game this is nuts this guy is is he a blogger or a YouTuber he plays he's, games he's some commentator but um, uh, Rafael the cameraman he, he says uh, this guy is very well known in Brazil yeah 90,000 followers on Twitter yeah. that's pretty good man and, and he, he's tweeting us and saying he follows us I thought it was great so uh, yeah his, his uh, legion of followers were checking us out and watching the game so our Brazilian uh, our Brazilian fan base is growing by the week so uh, here's Octavio o gol de quem sabe o gol de quem conhece o gol de tamanha categoria do meio da rua e cobrindo o goleirão amplia o Shamrock Rovers 2 para os Hoopers 0 para o Derry City chupa Derry City Tá aí, ó, tá aí, ó, uma salva de palmas, uma salva de palmas, que golaço, né? A gente precisa fazer uma campanha pra esse gol ir para o Puskas. Será que a gente consegue, manos? Será que eu tô sonhando muito longe? Será que eu tô sonhando muito longe? Graham Burke joga demais, mano, fuck Derry, fuck Derry, fuck Derry City, é isso. I think I prefer Octavio, but yeah, fuck Derry City. Yeah, fuck Derry. Well, fuck Derry City. <laughs> Yeah, we we loads of eyes in that game, haven't we? Uh, it's a market that has to be tapped into yeah. realistically. A football mad nation, and there's loads of Brazilians in Dublin. Surely that is the market you tap into and try and get them in. Because the first thing we always say is like, if we ever living abroad or you're living in Berlin or something like that, you're gonna take a team. You're gonna go to games. Brilliant social life. You're obviously gonna pick a team. So try and get more Brazilians through the gates when we do open them up. Yeah, loads of attention in that game. All the Twitter impressions, all that geeky stuff, but. Uh, how lucky that like it featured a spectacular goal and that it wasn't like a bar draw or something. Yeah, yeah, Often yeah. what happens is like you bring someone to a game and it's nil all, or we we get beaten by balls or in yeah. a rubbish it's nil derby. All. You're raining. Yeah. You end up standing beside Tommy Cannon, and, <laughs> and they never come back. <laughs> that is so specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been an actual incident beside Tommy Cannon. Yeah, so brilliant just, stuff. Just know on our social media, uh, don't forget to answer that Robert social media survey. Uh, you'll find it on Robert's chat. Connor O'Sullivan posted it. Uh, there was an email about it as well. Just trying to improve our social media and see what people like. So, yeah, get your answers into that survey. Uh, so, um, yeah, we weren't really happy with the commentary, that's being honest, because it was terrible. So, we said we got the fans and we get some players and we get some people in. And they're going to give their own version of events. So we've got a couple here for you. So we've got our own ones. First of all, we have Pico. And then we have the Aussie coverage. So from down under, we have... Uh, we, I can't think of an Australian generic name. What's, what's an Australian? <laughs> Not McCluggage, anyway. Not McCluggage. Uh, we have Tommy Tommy, of course. And finally, the ever... Um, the friend of Tifties, Winston. So uh, they've given their own version of it. And it's Bork on the ball here. He needs to pass it. He needs to find the pass. Oh, lucky break there. Pass it. Pass it. Pass it. Bork, I want a goal. Get in there, Borky. 
And you're welcome back to uh, Aussie Hoops FM here. We're at the Brandywell where it's Derry City nil, Shamrock Rovers 1. It's Graham Burke on the ball. Burke is going to try from long range. Oh, get fucked. Get absolutely fucked. Graham Burke with an absolute thunder bastard. On his 500 attempt of shooting from outside the box, it finally hits the back of the net and the crowd is silent. Get absolutely fucked. Ball's come loose now, but Burke regathers. Nathan Cartside looks to be off his line. Burke's having a goal! What a goal from Graham Burke! Oh, yeah, look, look, yeah, straight to two players. Look, headless chicken stuff. Yeah, shoot from there, we don't you? Because that's, that's a great gold. That's a great gold. What a gold. Boy, sweet Sandra James is three. What a gold. Uh, yeah, so Pigo, he has to pass. He has to pass. He's not going to pass. <laughs> that's the way it works, isn't it? I'd say yeah. they get fed up with him not fucking passing. Uh, the Aussie coverage, yeah. Thunder bastard. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah, Winston, not impressed at all either. Tommy Tormey, I think if there's ever anyone that I want to hear commentate on a game consistently, it's Tommy Tormey. Tommy Tormey, all mixed in with all sorts of random views and expressions. It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. Of course, the man uh, of the moment, Winston. <laughs> Winston. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Oh, I love it. Oh, so that's a great so- stuff. Make this more, more. Uh, make this more. Uh, we do a regular, regular. We're, we're actually working on a video of that one, so that that'll pop up in a couple of days. Mm. So you'll actually see the goal with these commentaries. Uh, also, I got a text from. Um, well, I texted him because you know, like when you score a goal like that, you're kind of like you're checking him with people. And I was talking to Jim Conroy, the 21st century Jim. You know, the one on WhatsApp now. All of a sudden, yeah. Watching games on the interwebs, I still can't believe it. The interweb. Yeah. Dude, dude, up. So he just goes, yeah, my best hoops goals. Number one, Mick Lawler versus Shelburne in 1972. Number two... I think he spoke about that in that riveting podcast we did one. Uh, that's not even... That's not even go there. Number two, Steve Lionex versus Dundalk, 1978. And he says, Berkey's goal is pushing hard for number three because he's still a bit stunned by it. Now, wow. this, this is a man who has seen and has a great memory of goals scored. Over five decades. Encyclopedic and photographic knowledge of Rovers history down the years. And this man has just included it in his top three goals of all time. I love that name, Stevie Linux. Yep. Feels like he's a, 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 a singer of a band. <laughs> Stevie Linux! Uh, yeah, so um, Derry City manager Prof performances. Before we talk about Deco Devine performances, I was very happy. Solid performance from uh, young Maxi Morphy. On the left, good to see him get a couple of minutes in. Um, Gary O'Neill, that's all we need to say. <laughs> Those words, Gary O'Neill, fantastic, great to see him in the team. He's gonna be keeping his place in my starting 11 coming up soon. Uh, just to know, on Gaffney, I love the way he holds up the ball and the way he turns. The torn, oh, the light yes. just said it. The torn is lethal. That oh. torn in that game in Sligo was absolutely insane. Defenders can't handle he that. He couldn't, he just he swings around like a garden gate. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's got a wide swing, but it's hard to it's hard to manage. He's a strong fella. Ah, oh, brilliant! Really, really good to watch. Lovely, lovely player. Comes on, and he's the best super sub I've ever seen. He's our most impactful sub I've ever seen. He's brilliant when he comes on. And I'm actually, ooh, still starting at eleven. Could be getting changed here. 
it's changing as we speak. So it's just one of those performances, isn't it? Like it leaves you with such a smile on your face because the balance of the team looked really good. Yeah. And that was on top of the creative freedom and the flair the likes of Burke and Mandroyu. Yeah. Like Burke was just unplayable at times. <sighs> he he just is. See, do you know what I love seeing? I love seeing him in tight spaces. I love watching him in those little tight spaces where he has to pivot and spin and get in and out of these ones, mm-hmm. and then he comes out with the ball. You're just like, ah, it's just brilliant. <laughs> it's it's and that's that's from street football. That is all from the streets. It has to be, it has yeah, to be. Just a knack the inner city sensini sensation. This one of those players is a knack of finding space for He's himself. Brilliant. He yeah. really is. Um, yeah. So that is uh, that's our thoughts on the performances. Prop. Uh, I can't I can't fault anybody really. It was really, really good. Good to see. Good to see um, Hor or Grace get more minutes under the under the belt as well. Uh, the the bit of a debate now for who's going to start up top. I don't know. It's tr- it's it's a tough one. We're gonna have to move on. We're gonna have to move on and talk about it. Prof. Deco Devoy. Deco. The excuse is ready yet. Yeah, this is not good. His quote was there. That's where we are. We can't afford to bring the likes of Aaron Green and Bernardo Lopez and that level of player into our squad. Right, where are, where's the Derry City gone that had good squads and had money? and like, Obviously because of COVID. And the Derry that, like that. that's had the pick of the north. For yeah, the pick of the north. Long. Sounds like something of a game of, the, a game of Charles. <laughs> pick of the north. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's... it's I don't know. Yeah. Like Obviously there's tough times and, that and different situation up there altogether, but... They're they're really poor. They're really really poor. They're struggling big time. That's far to face out of four. Uh, that that win moved us up to third in the table. Which I assure you, there you will finish nowhere near. Kerry, listen. Wait till Joe Hodge comes. Back, Joe right? Hodge. Just give him a give Joe him, Hodge. Let him play a game, will you? Who came in injured and is only there until July. That's he what came he, in and he got injured. Let's get things clear. That's right? what no. He was injured beforehand. No, right? you're talking the hell now. There was an interview with Devine talking about him. He was injured beforehand. I like to throw curveball every so often, right? <laughs> curveball every so often. And some people didn't want to play Berkey in Derry either. Yeah, well, listen, that's what that's that's how it rolls, isn't it? Like, that's <laughs> how it is. It's it's. He heard the show, and Brad's. I thought to myself, "Fucking Gary's normally right, you know. Norm, I normally pick my team when I listen to his predictions, starting elevens. I have to go against him this time though, because he knows I was playing mind games. He knows I dropped Berkey." To encourage him, you know what I mean? Are you sure you're just not having a mayor? I need to get, <laughs> out, need to get out of the podcast. Get out of the podcast, yeah. G double O T P. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, great stuff, great stuff up in Derry. Oh man, it would have been a great way trip, wouldn't it? Ah, oh, God, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't. I don't think that's gonna go down well in the dressing room. Speaking about that, I mean, you're pretty much saying that team is deadly. Use a shit. Uh, go on off hour. like that's that's pretty much it like in no certain terms you're slaughtering your own team and uh, you're saying you're praising the team that just beat them like it's not going to get them confident is it yeah so that's Deco uh, yeah Prof hit him with the stats there's a mathematician a different kind of mathematician and a statistician stats I might as well start with a Derry stat actually. Uh, the last time they lost their first four games, they ended up in a relegation playoff with Finn Harps. Ooh. That was 2003. Are you sure you didn't mean European playoff? Because they came back and played well and finished third? No. 
Actually. All right, sorry, my, my fault. I didn't mean that. Fuck dairy, fuck dairy. Uh, we're 26 league games unbeaten now. Uh, just a reminder, the, the all-time record is 30 in 1927. And just another reminder to check out Prof's article in this week's programme. A cracker and full of stats, full of history, and it gives you a little insight into streaks and stuff like that. So check it out. Definitely really good one. Um, and let us know if you get your... Uh, and what we are encouraging you to do is if you get your program we want you to let us know when you get it not even when you get it put it on social media when you get your program and just at Shamrock Grovers and say yeah program is here safe and sound we are doing our best to get it into your hand for match day and kick off so you can have a little read at half time with your drink you actually, we actually will read a program this time <laughs> we've, no, we've no bar to go to so we do read the program at half time <laughs> you, you kind of have no choice but to read yeah. that, that half time quiz or whatever yeah, I got it's Thursday as we record this. I got mine this morning, so I was quite happy with that. Yeah. With the on-post service, excellent, excellent. But big, big praise to all those on-post frontline yeah. workers. So yeah, so we're on twenty-six unbeaten. The modern era record is actually Bose twenty-seven. They did that. Remember, they ran away with it in two thousand eight. Mm. Um, so we're one off the modern era record. Uh, this I like this stat here. Adam Manis has now started. 68 consecutive league games so you're thinking why is that relevant well his previous record was 67 in a row from 2009 to 2011 Jesus so he's just after surpassing his his old record 68 in a row um, Derry was Brazzers 100th win as manager brilliant oh, all, I don't want to do the competitions well the reason I didn't kind of bring it up was because this is not including penalty shootouts so I didn't want people to be at me these penalty shootout deniers or like you know counting the cup final as a one game it's like nah it's a win the win's a win no but I mean I know what you mean but I, I get this a lot the penalty shootout is didn't, se- didn't, I'm, I'm still being told we didn't win the final it, it's separate to the game though it's a draw for statistical purposes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. obviously we won the cup but um, who do you think we've beaten the most times out of those hundred wins, not including penalties? Ooh, ooh, this is a good, this is a good question. A hundred wins. I would go for oh, Drada. Well, Drada have been down the first division for most I of know, this time. I know, but we still smashed them a lot. A lot of good times against Drada. You would be disappointed when I give you the answer. You should know already. Oh, Finn Harps. Ah, oh, God. 12 wins Football friends Next highest were Cork and Derry 9 each 9 each Cork and yeah. Derry uh, This one I, got, I cut this a bit late So actually I couldn't Get any sort of Attention to it But uh, Gaffney's goal Against Sligo Was our 300 goal In all competitions Under Stephen Bradley Yeah These are always going to the radar Fair yeah. play prof Another milestone for Brazzer Good man uh, Berkey has the most Under Brazzer 38 and the next is a tie between Greener and Melee. 24 each. Fucking Melee, what? Yep. Jesus. Um, so that was our first clean sheet of the season in, in Derry. So now Manus has 85. 85? Whoa. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> That's a stat. He should get to 100 before he retires now. I, I can't see how he... I mean, if... I, yes, 115 clean sheets in 30 games. 100%. 100% you would think so 
So plus it's all competition. So I mean, you can get a few. There you go. Few that's only league, yeah. That's only league games. Play them in the league cup. Well, no, there's no league cup this season. Make sure you play them all in the FA Cup games. Um. So Longford, they actually beat us one in on Tata in the league cup in 2018. Never happened. Um. For those who care, I don't. Uh. <laughs> Remember that game actually. However, they haven't beaten Rovers home or away in the league since 2007 in the in Atalka Park. Yeah. There we go. And, and uh, we have five different goal scorers already this season. There were 14 last year, so we're on our way. Lovely. Same again. Big, big squad scoring all the goals. So that's it for the stats. Prof again knocking it out of the park. But next up, we have starting 11s and predictions. Okay, tough one, tough one this week. As usual, Gary has spent all week thinking about this, and I'm just started thinking about it now. Now, Prof, we've been drawing Cox as well, on, and I've been doodling, so don't forget mm. about that. Vainy ones. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm gonna go Manus and go. Obviously, I'm gonna. You're gonna. You might. You might not agree with me here. I still think I'm gonna go Horse Scales and Grace again. I think they played well together, and I think it's good to get minutes into Grace because he's gonna be coming out of the team. For Drada, right? I'm, lo- I'm thinking of Drada, right? I'm thinking Drada away. That's I'm- what I was about to say. Yeah. If you're not thinking two games ahead here, mm. you're n- you're not doing this properly. No, you have to think ahead, don't you? I'm going to put Grace in for this one because I think home to Longford is... Because uh, I'll tell you what my prediction now in f- a few seconds, I think we're going to beat them. So I think Grace is going to get more minutes, more confidence, and Pico can work on his fitness and get games in. He get- Give him a half an hour at the end if we're doing well, right? That's who I'm going to go with. So Horse Gales and Grace, good performance against Derry up there. They deserve to stay in the team. I'm going to go Cavo again on the left. I think Cavo needs a confidence booster. Max played well. That's no problem. Cavo needs to get in here, get an assist or a goal, do something. Gannon as well. I think this is a big, big confidence booster for all the players that are a little bit underperforming. And that might be harsh saying underperforming. But I think we can do more. Cavo can play better. We know that. Gannon can play better. We know that. But Gannon's still been good. So that's what I'm going to go. Gannon on the left. And or Cavo on the left, Gannon on the right. I'm gonna go all action, bean blowing attacking formation here. Watts and Gary O'Neill in the middle, and then I'm gonna Bork Mandroyu. And I'm actually still not sure who I want to play up top. It's harsh. I don't want to drop Greener because confidence wise, this is what he needs. He needs a goal. So to drop him now could kill his confidence. But what does what does uh? Gaffney think because he's not he's scoring goals he's not going to get it I'm going to go green our boy because I think he needs a goal and I'm going to go so it's all attacking so we got Watts I'm dropping McCann I'm putting I'm dropping him in squad rotation it's not necessarily because you're playing bad so it's Watts and Gary O'Neill in the middle Gary O'Neill to get more leg, legs in the, or more minutes in the legs Bork Mantaroyu and I'm going to go greener again I'm going to say 5 nil, prof I'm going to go an absolute spanking yeah I'm going to go 5 nil. we always come up with one of these don't we yeah. so I'm going to go greener two goals do you, know, do you know what? We always get them kind of early in the season. I remember Tonk and Bray and Derry early in the season. Underrated word, by the yeah. way, Tonking. Yeah. Could be used in a, a, a number of ways. There was UCD 7 0. That was more. Having, a, having an L Tonk. <laughs> having a Tonk. UCD 7 0. That was actually more in the middle of the season. But yeah. My theory still holds up, I think. Um, yeah, no, I like your, your thinking for this team. Yeah, because Drogheda are they, they're going to play Derry next. They yeah. probably beat them up there. They're coming back after four 0 win against Longford. If they get a result against Derry, they're going to have their tails up in a small little tight pitch up in Derry or in Drogheda. Plus, you've Deegan in there as well. 
the battle of Deegan if, if only the fans could come back <coughs> and we could give him a piece of our mind uh, he'll be in the middle of the park there as well so a nice battle you know from considering what happened in the game at Shells so yeah I'm going to go I'm going to go Burkey Brace Screener Brace and Mandroyu uh, Screamer again and uh, all attacking display from Rowers 5-0 against Longford the team I'm picking for this game is the team I want to play against Bowers basically oh yes I like that so I'm thinking like I bring Finn and McCann in for Drogheda that's exactly what I'm thinking yeah exactly what I was thinking yeah the only one I had to think about was, was Green or or Gaffney, just because Gaffney's been so great. Yeah. But, but Gaffney's a great impact sub, so, yeah, I want to start Green as well. Yes. He's going to score. No. He's going to score against these. So, yeah, I'm... Who's your midfield? That's, the midfield is the is the big one. Are you going to start with the same three back three that I went for? Grace, yeah. Horse, Gales? I am, but I'm bringing Pico back in, Drahada and Bowes. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. That's what the aim yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. To have a good fit centre half on your bench as well, like Grace with minutes in his legs. Uh, Watson, Gary Neal in the middle of the park? Yeah, same midfield. All same midfield. out attacking, bean blowing display. Why not? 5 0, what's your prediction? And I'll say 4 0. Oh. Greener to get a goal, obviously. Another one from Mandroyu. Get some different some different goals, guys. We get one from, from Cabo. We get a set piece in there, will we? Yeah, get Cabo. Who else we get in here? Uh, Watts. What's there we go four nil from that prof, um that's it. So once again we'll talk about the program prof. Fantastic publication. I've mine. I'm getting through it now at the minute. Uh, I'm loving it. Every everywhere. It's something I've neglected over the years. I'll be honest, but the gog has has uh, shown me the light, and we are working yeah. our butts off to help out and get these programs into your hands for match day. And listen, it's it's a fantastic publication. It's a it's a it's a it's a book about rovers like it's not a book but you know it's a publication about rovers. Course you're gonna want to read it. It's brilliant. And we do actually list Longford as our opponents on the cover. It's not blank. We yeah. we wrote their name because we are not absolute bellends. And we are consummate professionals like we are absolute <laughs> bellends. <laughs> yeah. So that is that the hoop scene and check out on the website. Get it delivered right to your door. Me and the prof personally. No, that won't happen. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, members meeting as well, Prof. I actually missed this one. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, you were conspicuous by your absence. Normally, you're good for an L exchange with Rochi, aren't you? Yeah, can we call? Can we start calling calling members now? By the way, because I heard some of the questions that were asked. Can we start just stoning them to death in the middle of the, in the middle of Tallis Stadium? Do you know every time center circle. Every time they announce the members and it goes up and up and we we surpass five hundred, I'm like, yes, yes, let's grow this. Lovely, lovely. After tonight, I'm like. Can we come back down to 400? <laughs> can we cap it? Is anybody <laughs> can cap this? My God, some of the <sighs> stupid questions. Some buttes, some buttes. Um, yeah, it's a b- bit of updates about our affiliate clubs and progress at the academy. Uh, Charlie O'Connor got a few words. He recently turned uh, 75, Gar. Oh, good man, Charlie. Still looking good as ever. Yep. He sits way too close to the <laughs> the webcam. Uh, yeah. Just, just a note there. Um... Yeah, well, that's it. Great stuff from the members, me, and that's great. I love Town Hall. It's good. It was on. It was on. It was on Microsoft Friends or what was it? It's on something different. Microsoft Teams. Microsoft yeah. Teams. Yeah. So that's it, and uh, yeah, we're gonna be back Wednesday morning, Prof. Preview the Derby. Oh, the Derby. We'll have another edition of the Tifties Hotline and in memoriam. So uh, yeah, the games are coming thick and fast, which Brazzer says will actually help us hit our stride. I think it will. It definitely will. Yeah, because um, oh, by the way, remember what I was talking about. Uh, I was calling that a Rabona about the exercise that the players do before they start training. It's 
called mm. a rondo. Ah. Everybody gets in a circle and just pings the ball at each other really closely, and you got to keep it up. It's all about close control, and it really, really works. So a rondo is what it is. Yeah, so that's it. So, um, yeah, so we'll be back soon. Uh, church services could resume by then, Gar, which is yeah. big news for Joey. Joey, yeah, Joey actually, uh, I got a bit of a, a bit of a tongue lashing off Joey. I just want to apologise for attacking his fate. And, uh, yeah, me and Joey are back friends now. <laughs> so, that's it. Uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And we hope to see you soon. So, uh, keep on hoping. See ya. I love a Saturday night, but I ain't got nobody. I got some money because I just got paid. Now, how I wish I had someone to talk to. I'm in an awful way. Dig this. I got in town a month ago I seen a lot of girls assisting If I could meet them, I could get them But as yet I haven't met them That's why I'm in the shape I'm in Here another Saturday night And I ain't got nobody I got some money cause I just got paid Now how I wish I had someone to talk to I'm in an awful Another fella told me he had a sister who looked just fine. Instead of being my deliverance, she had a strange resemblance to a cat named Frankenstein. Here another Saturday night, and I ain't got nobody. I got some money, cause I just got paid. Now how I wish I had some shit to talk to. I'm in an awful way, yeah. Man, if I was back home, I'd be swinging two chicks on my arm. Oh, yeah.